This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Applied Botanics. Applied Botanics offers a great line of CBD oils, including a line for pets. Now, I've been using their products for the last two months. I really wanted to test it out before I started promoting it to listeners of this podcast. And I have to say, I experienced some great benefits. They have five different products, which include comfort, focus, recovery, tranquility, and vitality. The three that I utilized the most were comfort, focus, and tranquility. Comfort really provided me with stress and anxiety relief. I just started a new job two months ago. So between that and the fact that we're still living in a pandemic, comfort really slowed things down for me and at the end of the day, kept that anxiety and stress at bay. Their focus line also helps me during podcasts. It helps me to really focus on what my guests are saying, which enables me to ask the important questions and really pull back the layers of who they are. And finally, and possibly my favorite that I felt great benefits from is tranquility. I take it 30 minutes or so before bed, and it really helps deliver me into that deeper sleep faster than I would without it. I wake up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Now, oftentimes people are skeptical of CBD oil, especially when it comes to the price. But whether you're curious about CBD or have used CBD products before, you will find that Applied Botanics CBD is nearly half the cost of other brands. Their thoughts are that using CBD should not require a payment plan. On top of that, listeners of this podcast can get an additional 30% off their first purchase using the code word Project at checkout. So head over to AppliedBotanics.com where you can learn more about all their products. And if you decide to make a purchase, use code word Project for 30% off. Applied Botanics. Live healthy and happy. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Keller's Garden Center, Lawn Care, and Landscaping Services. Working hard so you don't have to. They will take care of mowing, edging, pruning, trimming, shrubs, mulching, planting, and landscaping. Uh, call them today for affordable and free estimates, weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly weeding and cutting services. And new this year is the Keller's Garden Center. They just moved to a new location across the street from their old location. And the Garden Center will offer landscape design and installation, mulch, rock, plants, trees, and more. They are located on 7 Kern Street in Exeter, PA. Call them today at 570-299-7240. Again, working hard so you don't have to. My guest today may be the most iconic member in Weekender history. For those of you who don't know, the Weekender back in the day was the Bible when it came to arts and entertainment in northeastern Pennsylvania. From part-time to full-time sales rep to sales manager and marketing manager to general manager, we take a walk through it all. She was a mentor to all of us and definitely the manager we needed as we entered the workforce out of college it was great hearing her reflect on her career at The Weekender and also where she is today. Welcome to the show, the ever so gracefully aging Rachel Pugh Blanchard. And we're live. I think we're live. It says recording, so we better be live. We're live, baby. You know, I, I was late tonight because I figured <laughs> I'd give you a buffer because you're never on time for anything. And it turns oh. out for the first time in your life. I was ready. Your first time. In, I caught that. Holy shit. 
I'm like, you know what? This is, this is what, you know what? You and I have this love for Cobra Kai. This is like, it was like meant to be. This is really weird. We're going to get into Cobra Kai. I was thinking about that actually before this, we're going to get into it. Well, it's funny. I thought about, I thought about you multiple times today. One, because we were doing this. Two, I went to the dentist and we'll explain why that makes sense in a little bit. Mm -hmm. And three, uh, I was outside uh, today and the wind was blowing, right? And I have the longest hair that I've had probably in my entire life. You can't really tell right now because it's kind of, you know, dad, dad-esque, you know, yeah. pulled back a bit, right? But um, my hair was blown a little bit and there was one little strand flying by itself. The whitest hair I've ever seen in my head. Yeah. So I How plucked it out and I said, ah, do Rachel. It. Don't. It reminds me of Rachel. <laughs> no, you're don't pluck them. They come back faster. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm embracing the... Uh, yeah, it's so the, different. And I hate it, but it is. It is a double standard, but it just, it is what it is. But although silver hair is, is like super cool for girls right now. And I talked to my hairstylist about doing it, but she's like, ah, it's, it's a, a hard process. But I'm like, maybe I'll just let it go and then have her fix it up because it's getting harder and harder to keep up with Johnny. Yeah, I mean... You know. But you know what? I, I was just listening um, recently to this motivational speaker through work, and he was talking about how, so he's, um, he had his leg amputated when he was a child. He had cancer. And so he's lived, you know, the majority of his life now without his leg. And he said, recently, he's been balding. And he said, it's ridiculous that I am like, more concerned about that. I feel like people are staring at that more than my leg. And he said, but here's how to change your perspective on it. Like, you should be so lucky, right. To get to the point where you're losing your hair and you're getting grays and stuff. Like not everybody gets that chance because he's, he's gone through this crisis and he made it it out on the other side. So he's like, you need to embrace the gray hairs. You need to embrace balding because it means like you get to live your life, you know, where other people might not get that chance. So I was like, that was a good, like, I don't know, flip of the script for me. Yeah. Well, way to go deep in the first five minutes. I am. I'm a very complex person. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Rachel, you look great. I don't know what everyone's talking about. You don't look a day over 50. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it, John. <laughs> <laughs> Only you can get away with it. No, that's not true. I have other people can get away with it. But like, I love our texts, our like miserable texts to one another, <laughs> just putting each other down and, and just feeling fine with it. <laughs> I mean, we, we can't change it, right? I mean, that's what it is. It's a, it's a loving relationship. Well, thanks for doing this as part of the, uh, the weekender files that I've been doing. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks. I was, I've trying, been to save, I was trying to save you for last. I was like, you know what? Rachel was like, could, could be the most iconic figure of the weekender. Oh God, I hope I, all two viewers feel the same. <laughs> well, they all probably think it's me, but anyways, one will watch for you. One will watch for me. Our fanboys. <laughs> my, my five listeners will uh, be tuning in. But uh, no, seriously, uh, in, all, in all seriousness, you were definitely an iconic uh, figure of the Weekender. Uh, I think you took it to its, I want to say peak, but that's not fair to those of, oh. of you know, before us. No nope. different. And it's like, it's like comparing Michael Jordan and LeBron James. It's a different, different world, different I scenarios. Yeah. So it's not fair to say that, but end of the day, you're an iconic figure and you will still, I think, 
you know, at the end of the day, go down as, you know, this uh, figure of the weekender and, and part of its identity. If that's my legacy. I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's not for me. <laughs> but I, Johnny Weekender can't die. I mean, it's just, it's weird. It won't, he won't, he won't die. It's a big part of your history and a big part of like a time of growth, right? I mean, yeah. we both grew up at the paper. So, um, you know, there were some awesome times or some things I'm like, yeah, all right, I wouldn't do that now in my professional career, but <laughs> you know, live and learn. And we got away with it and we had fun and made money and, you know, did well. And you know what? A lot of people can't say that. So I, um, yeah, I, I valued my time there. And I, I appreciate growing up at the newspaper. Yeah, it definitely spoiled me. I, I don't think I could have like a real job, so to speak. I came, yeah. I came close, I guess, a couple of years ago. But <clears throat> no, I've been pretty lucky. Maybe it's a few hard. years ago. Plus, too, do you ever like, like, we have some crazy stories. And I sometimes don't realize how crazy they are until I, until I start talking to like colleagues. And they're like... <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be sharing that with you. And I'm like, well, go, you know, did you ever like crazy in your 20s? They're like, no, not not like that. So I'm like, I try to um, I try to recognize my audience a little bit better now these days. <laughs> yeah, well, um, a lot of those good times uh, stemmed from uh, alcohol. So I hope I mean, as a part of this podcast and the Weekender Files. Uh, cheers, buddy. All right. All right. Good. And I was like, oh, man, you know, it's it's late. It's eight o'clock. We're all getting older. We all have like, re- you know, jobs in the morning. It's hard to drink. drink. It's, it's a Wednesday, so it's like I don't want to. I don't want to ask too much. You know, you're, you're just hit the fifty year mark. Um, <laughs> Such a jerk. I, I don't want to like push it too hard. I know I'm supposed to be living more responsibility. They're more responsible at this age and have more responsibilities. But um, yeah, I don't have kids, so I don't really have to worry about that. So. Yeah, I have a three-year-old, as you know, um, yeah. and he gets up at the same time, regardless of how late I stay up, yeah. how hungover I might be. He still yeah. wakes up at seven o'clock every day. And if there's an emergency or something, you have to like manage that. Yeah. Although I have old, I do have old cats, so I always think about that. I'm like, I want to be of <laughs> like right mind that God forbid something happens, I have to go to an emergency vet. I do think of that. Yeah. Um, you don't let me down with the cats. You're definitely, uh, you know, living up to the old cat lady. My whole life, though, since I've been a bait, like since I've been little. Yeah, but I think you're cat. you're a little more excessive now. I mean, not only do you have them, but you have no shame in sharing them, which is fine. I'm not I'm not judging you one bit. But when you post, you are because you're bringing it up. <laughs> When you post some pictures that you have and like there's like eight cats on your bed. Six. 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 I'm sorry. Six. But like growing up, like I remember being little and having like 12 at a time. Like my parents are, my dad, when he, all his whole upbringing, he had cats. My mom had cat, like they always had cats. So like, I don't remember not having them. So when people say I'm a crazy cat lady, I'm like, yes, it's like birth. (laughs) Now I'm just old and I have cats, but. (laughs) <laughs> are those cats on your shirt? Oh, they are. They're tigers. Oh my god! I They're thought tigers. They were. I was. I didn't do that. On wow. Purpose. You know what? I I can't really see them that well, but I'm like, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and They're say tiger. they're cats. It's a new shirt. It's my first time oh, wearing it. Sure, sure. It. I feel flattered. <laughs> the lipstick on, did my hair, sprayed my roots. 
<laughs> yeah, this is like this has become like a night out for the weekender crew who who have done this for me. I remember Katie was saying, you know, she got like <laughs> we were doing it at like eight eight thirty, and you know it was late. Obviously, it's a weeknight, and um, yeah, I mean, it's like we're we're getting ready to go out, but we're staying in. I know, I know. it's fun. It's like I'm like having flashbacks. <laughs> but we we joked and said we weren't joking. We we were you know this is real. We were saying how. You know, back in the day, it would be 10 o'clock and we would like be getting ready to legit go out. Yeah. All like at least Wednesday through Saturday, you know, sometimes throwing in a Tuesday as well. But like I never definitely never sat home on a Thursday, Friday. A lot of times there were promotions Wednesday nights, always went somewhere Saturday. Yeah, I don't you, remember staying home. And you were the worst. If I remember, I remember being in bed one night. I was you know, trying to be a mature 26 year old man, you know, saying, I'm not going to go out tonight, going to bed early, work in the morning. I get a call. I think it was a call. I don't know if it was even a text, maybe a text. I don't, I can't remember that part, but it was Rachel Pugh. <laughs> hey, we're meeting X, Y, and Z out. Yep. You're in. And I'm like, yep. I'm, I, yeah, I'm in bed. <laughs> But you always got dressed and came out. I did. I mean, it's it was, life, but you don't want to miss out. It's hey, you know what? I don't regret it. I'm not mad at you for it. It just, you know, it's part of the story. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I just, I've always liked to have a good time. And I'm like, I, and I love when other people are having a good time. It makes me, I get excited. It makes me happy. So I just have a lot of those moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've, they've somewhat dwindled over the past few years. Yeah. Just yeah. Getting legit, getting old and tired and. Well, you can't, there's something to be said to like when you're like out every single night and acting wild and acting stupid in your twenties and then doing it in your late thirties and your forties, like it was, you're cool in your twenties and you're like a party person. Then in your forties, you're like, now you're just like, you know, desperate or something. I don't know. Like it's weird. It's just weird. Right. How dare you (laughs) judge people? You know, age is just a number. I'm not saying you can't go out. I'm just saying to go out every night and, you know, and act stupid, like all the time. It, it's, it's a different perspective um, that 25 and 26 versus like 46. So. Yeah. So let's travel back in time, like way, yeah. way, 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 way back in time. Like this is like 30 years ago. You're start at the weekender. No, I'm kidding. You're only what? 43. I'm 43. Yeah. I, I joke. The, the whole thing with Rachel and I, I just make fun of her for being older. She's only, you're only five years older than me. So yeah, I don't know. it's I just know. what I do. <laughs> it's, it's you for my 40th on, you know, everyone's uh, wishing me happy birthday on Facebook and oh, you look great. You look great. John Popker wrote you. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? <laughs> yeah. I remember you wrote on my Facebook EW period. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. I'm, it was I'm, awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty I proud of myself. I like, for that. literally laughed out loud. I appreciated it. I'm pretty proud of myself for that. Yeah, yeah. maybe I'm a funny guy. <laughs> but no, let's. I mean, let's go back. I mean, I, I don't even know how you started it at the Weekender, and I, I feel like I should. I I think you were, you know, an intern like I was, and and all that kind of stuff. But like, it wasn't take us take us back to how the uh, the career of Rachel Pugh. Okay. started. Sure. So I, I mean, I graduated from Penn state and I graduated at a degree in film and video. And then I realized six yeah, <laughs> in 2000 and, uh, 
I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, I love film, but like I was, I was going to move to New York. I had an apartment in the Bronx and everything and then didn't move there. And then I was like, I don't really want to go to LA. And I'm like, I was doing some like studio cam operator, like work for WVIA. I worked for a freelancer and I was just like doing odd stuff and I couldn't figure it out. And my dad was giving me like guidance. And my, finally, my mom was like, you're going to a job fair at the um, armory. And I was like, God, and to walk around, like all dressed up, passing on a resume, it just wasn't my thing. She said, you're doing it. So I did it. And um, I passed it out to Kathy Pleshi, who was working in the booth at the armory. And um, she was like, oh, actually, we have some like part-time work available, like we should be. So I'm like, all right. So she called me. And um, at the Times Leader. She was yeah. at the, okay. So was Kathy the was leader. working at booth at the armory for the Times Leader. But she was representing the weekend or two. Okay. She was representing like all the properties. So I met with her in the Times Leader lunchroom on North Main Street, you know, that back room. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, we're looking for a part-time marketing associate. And it would be marketing for the Times Leader and the Weekender. And like, I really didn't even know what marketing was. I'm like, what, what does that entail? She said, yeah, you go to promotions, you go to like fundraisers. And I was like, that's cool. Like, I like to go out and do things, right? But at the time too, I was like, I wasn't into bands. I was only into like DJs and clubs. And it was like, I was just so like, I, I don't know, like hyper-focused on that. It was weird. So I was like, all right, like what kind of promotions? And she explained them. And I'm like, Oh God, I, I don't know. So I left and then she called me and offered me, or she offered me a position. And I was like, Oh, let me think about it. And then she called me and offered like a dollar more an hour. So I think it was like nine bucks an hour. And I was like, all right, I'll take, I'll take it. So I took the job and was working. I worked there and at Victoria's secret, which can you picture me at Victoria. <laughs> oh, this is, this is great news. This is, this is awesome. And I, there's no offense to anyone who's worked at Victoria's Secret, but like, it's completely opposite of everything that I am. Like, I'm not measuring people for their bra sizes. I can't be overly like, you know, when people are coming in, it just wasn't my thing, but I did it just to make money. Cause I'm like, I wanted to, I moved back home. I'm living with my parents. I wanted to get my own apartment. So I did. I got my own apartment and everything. And I, um, but I was doing work for the weekender and times leader. So I was switching from there. Like, all right, go, this band's playing somewhere. Go throw out weekender t-shirts. I'm like, all right. So I would do that. And then I was like, all right, Sesame street live is at the FM Kirby center. Like go there and present the like times leader, like times they sponsored or whatever. So I'd be like on stage talking about the times leader. It was just like this bizarre, I don't know, it, but it was like such a great experience just because you had to keep like switching between both, which is interesting because at the end of my career, I was doing times later and weekender as well. So it came around full circle, but yeah, I just kept doing that. So I was doing like parades and stuff for the times later. And then I'd jump and help at the, you know, promotions of the weekender. But it was, I noticed that some of the, some of the, the asks at the weekender and some of the people, they were like forceful about, throwing t-shirts out and being like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go to like one of them because they, he called last minute and I got called like the C word. And I was like, I, I've never been called <laughs> in my life. Like it was crazy. It was such a crazy dynamic. By an employee? So, no, no, no. By, it was a band manager. Oh, so, okay. Cover band or whatever. I got you. Yeah. No, no, no one from the times leader. So, but it was, I, now I know that sounds horrible, but it was actually, it was good for me because it thickened my skin and it gave me like exposure to like, this is the world, you know? And, um, so then I just did that for a while and then I left for a little bit. I wanted, I thought I was going to go work for this company. I thought they did like music videos, 
it didn't work out. Called Kathy Pelosi back. And I was like, can I come, can I come back? And she's like, yeah. So then they offered me a full-time job, but, um, and then I went right into sales. Actually, they, I got, um, asked to do a sales position. There was an opening at the weekender. So I moved right into sales and then that's how I just kept building my career. So at the time, so I worked for Kathy and then I worked for Christy Saruti, who at the time was Christy Greer. And then Christy gave me a lot of opportunities. She was like, all right, you're in sales, but I also want you to do marketing and like help out with marketing. And um, she gave me my own column. So I wrote my own fashion column. So I was just getting like a lot of exposure in different ways. And I just, I realized that about myself, like that's the kind of job that I need. Like I love doing a little bit of everything. Like I don't want to clock in and clock out every day doing the same thing. So, so that's what I did. And then, then I was like uh, team leader and senior account executive sales and marketing manager um, and then general manager. So I just kept, Climbing my way up. And when did you start as a sales rep? What year was that? Uh, I don't know. It was like early 2000s because when I was at the Times Leader, I worked with Stephen Pileschi, um, who's no longer with us. And he was showing me the ropes of marketing. And he was a great mentor. And then I worked for Laura Walinskis, was my boss at the weekend or so. I want to say it's like 2003, maybe right around there. 2004? I don't know. Well, I was an intern in 04. And I, I feel like yeah, you started... I was a rep then. Yeah, right, right. You were. And I'm trying to piece together like the timeline of when you Yeah, started. maybe 2002 or 2003. I don't know. It's a long time ago. But yeah, then you were an intern. And um, yeah, so that that's kind of how it just progressed. And I had a bunch of different managers and mentorships and I worked for Susan Kalu, who I loved and still love. And um, then I, I got, well, we can get into that. But, and then we worked for Rich Connor. And then I actually got in trouble for a cover. And then I had to report to D. I I think her name was. Do you remember D? She was like a VP of sales for a short period of time. D. D. Blonde hair. You were definitely oh, there. You were definitely. Was she like Southern? Yeah. Chance? Yeah. Cause Rich wanted me and he's like, all right, you need to like report to somebody else because I got, it was, um, it was the G10 anniversary cover. Oh, uh, with Paige. Yeah. RIP. Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny. Yeah. She wasn't there long. This D character. No. I, I, I vaguely, I, I don't, I, if I you don't remember her long. Yeah. She her Susan. Susan left and then it was right. D and then I don't remember after D. It's probably Kim, right? But I didn't report to Kim. I don't know. I, don't, huh. I think I reported to Rich. Oh, and then Jim McDonald came. I reported to Jim for a little Jim while. Me. He was like consulting, sort of. He was the one who made me general manager. Okay. And it kind of happened quick for you, too, because if you're saying that you started as a sales rep in like 03 or even 02, like you, I believe you were named GM in 2006. Yeah, I think so. So you got fast tracked. Like you were, you were. But I feel, I feel like how that happened was too, like a lot of changes came. I remember in 2005, uh, Christy, who was the editor, was she yep. the GM too? She was a GM. Yeah, she was a GM. I should know that. I just interviewed her for this, right? Um, she and Joe Student, who was the editor, they, they left. So in 2005, that's, I think that's when you kind of became like, Sales and marketing manager. Sales and marketing manager. Then we had Alan Stout as the editor. 
Um, and then, yeah, a year later, you were yeah. on the show. Jim came on board, and I was just like, I was working with him a lot, and I was coming up with just a lot of ideas for the paper and, um, and just different projects, and then he named me GM. So I owe it to Jim. Yeah. And I owe it to you for leaving. <laughs> Wait, I remember when you, like, I could, we could talk about, I want to talk about your journey too, because I remember all these conversations and I remember you saying like, I want your job someday. And I was like, fair enough. Like, let's groom you to do that because I knew I wasn't going to stay at the weekend or forever. I mean, I loved it, but like, you know, I wasn't going to go throw these promotions to be at bars every night for the rest of my life. Like at 50 years old. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Inner banners, throwing t-shirts out from the stage. Yeah. Like it was awesome. But Well, I think, I mean, as a GM, you, you know, you could have still done that and kind of delegated to other employees, like the younger audience that to do those things, but that's not your personality. So oh, it's not the um, same. It's like people want like when you're representing the weekender, like you need to represent the weekender. You need to be a part of it. Like you sure. can't be a corporate cog sitting in your office. Like they want you to be, you know, like I, I just remember just talking to my dad just from where he worked and he was like, when like you want to market yourself that, and it's not about ego. It's just about like working so hard doing what you're doing that when people think of that company, they think of your name. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's the point you want to get to. So I remember I took that seriously and I worked hard for that because I wanted the community to know that like, I'm in this because I'm supporting the community. Like I love this area. It has a lot of great things to offer. People put it down all the time. Yeah. There's quirky things about it, but I've done a lot of traveling. There's quirky things about every area in the country. So yeah. No, and you're right. And I, no one gave me, that's a great advice from your father and no one gave me that advice, but I kind of did the same thing. I just, you know, it wasn't, and people hated me. People thought I was this like arrogant, stuck up, yeah. like, yeah. um, you know, thought I was bigger than I was just because like people knew who I was, yeah. but it was just like, I remember, uh, you know, you know, just being at every event. Like I was out every single night doing something, whether it was, you know, you know, for the weekend or just, you know, talking to business owners or whatever it was. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. it wasn't nine to five by any means, no. which was a blessing for me because I started as at the weekend when I was 22 mm-hmm. and I had come from working well right, right out of college and also working at a, a little place called Bennigan's as a uh, oh, waiter. Yeah. So I was still living this like late night, uh, you know, the scene, so to speak. So I, I was not in a position to transition to a nine to five job by any means. Yeah. And I, I love the weekend for that because like I was, I was technically an hourly employee, but like I was required 40 hours a week. So it was weird. Yeah. But I wasn't allowed overtime. So like it was nice because if I was out late on a Wednesday doing a you know, night out, I can come in late on yeah, Thursday. Totally flexible. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. That's what I liked about it too, is I also started, we have very, very similar paths with the paper because I started when I was 22. I just graduated college. I was home for the summer, kind of doing odd jobs. And I started in October and I was just like, this is great. Like, this is, this is such a, and I was young and naive and like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this forever, but this is good for now. Like this will be good. And then I, the longer I stayed, I was like, this is a pretty cool gig. Like I like doing this, you know? And once you started getting your feet wet, you know, and then you were allowed to like do so many different things. Like I know a lot of people who, you know, at right out of college, they might make a ton of money and they started at a corporation, but like they're doing the same thing every single day. Like we were exposed to a lot, you know, good or bad, but we were exposed to a lot. And it gave us for me, like, and I think I can say the same for you. Like 
we have so many stories. Like we have great stories. Like when we're 80, we can look back and be like, that was a good time. Like that was a really fun time where, you know, I don't want to not have stories. So, and I just think that the paper just naturally lended itself to that. We got to meet a lot of cool people. We went to great concerts, you know, you and I, you and me, Mike G went to see Jewel, remember? And, um, do you remember it was Jewel? We got free tickets to see Jewel. And Montage? Yeah, and Matchbox with, 20. With Rob. Yeah, Rob and, and Matchbox 20. And three of us 20. were just sitting there, and I was like, this is this is boring. You guys want to leave? You're like, yeah, let's, let's leave. <laughs> but like, we got free tickets all the yeah. time. And like, I, you didn't think of it, but I'm like, looking back, I was like, that was a really cool thing. Like, we could have yeah. gotten any event. Yeah. It was, for me, it was different in that, like, when I was an intern, I remember saying to myself, one day I want to be the GM. Yeah. And for me to say that was, it was more of one of those, like, you know, things you say when you're 21, you know, I'm going to do this. Me when, when, I, when I was GM. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for you to like the fuck out. You know? like, steps. <laughs> come on. I'm ready to walk over you. Let's go. <laughs> you need a job. I, I found you a job, Rachel. Go apply. I left at the right time. I left when I was definitely I was ready. I was ready to try something new. But well, I mean, that was a weird time. Yeah. In that, like, I mean, as a as a newspaper entertainment weekly, like, it it itself was on, on its way out just because of how society consumed media, and you had Facebook and Instagram. I don't. Oh, no, maybe not Instagram. On Instagram, no. You had like YouTube, Facebook. My space was phasing out. Instagram time. was around, but like not as prevalent as it is now. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing. Like I knew enough that I was like, the only way this is going to survive is if we go digital. Like we need to go digital. We need to invest in digital. And, um, you know, there was a lot of investments made in the Times Leader digital. Um, and it just like, it wasn't happening for the weekender. And I just thought, you know, I, I, I only knew newsprint. You know, yeah. so I was there 12 years. So I was like, it's all that I knew. And I was getting, I got nervous about that. I was like, oh my God. Like um, in one way, like my resume showed loyalty, definitely showed loyalty because it was my only job. But right. I was like, I just didn't feel diverse enough. And I was like, I think I need to like, you know, spread my wings a little bit and just learn some new things. Well, I'm glad you brought up the whole digital things. I actually brought that up with Jim McDonald and he kind of scolded me a little bit. Um you know, saying like, you know, it's, it's on us as individuals to kind of push it in the direction it needs to go. And I think he's right, but also you need a support system. They're telling you like, go do this. And I, cause like you said, they said, go do this. And they're like, well, we're not, we just go figure it out. Do it. Like, yeah. we're not going to have give you any kind of like support. And yeah. I'll bring up the fact that, you know, we had Mike Lello, who was very, um, you know, music uh, yeah. intensive and he started, um, I think he had fixture and then he we did the weekender sessions after that. Yeah, he was innovative. Yeah, and and the weekender sessions was a completely you know digital yeah component of what we were trying to do. And we did it on I think a zero dollar budget. We kind of asked for help. Yeah, and it's just like it's unfortunate because I think I look back on those times and I really feel like those things that we were doing, especially for northeastern Pennsylvania was ahead of its time. Like, well, it was very progressive. Yeah. My, my head really innovative ideas. And that's what I mean. Like, I think with a little bit of investment, you know, to back it up, like 
think of the things that could have happened. So I think, and again, but what a great start, right? So you're, you're learning everything on a shoestring budget. Everything is just like guerrilla marketing, right? There's, there's no budget. So like, like now I work in marketing and there's this giant budget and I'm, I'm like nervous to spend anything. Cause I'm just, I'm so used to being able to like do things without having to like break the bank. Do you need t-shirts by chance? <laughs> Maybe. We'll talk. <laughs> ABC. Um, no, it, it just, it's, it's unfortunate. Cause I, I even, you know, you look back on the party favors that, you know, you were kind of the lead on. And then Mike and Nikki had um, the weekly dose, which kind of talked yeah. about the editorial content of the weekender, but you know, it, a digital form and it, no one was doing that then. No, no, you know? no one did that. Yeah. And it's, and I don't think, like when I say we needed to go digital, I didn't think that print needed to go away. I just think we needed digital support. Like, I just feel like you have to go where your audience is going. So you have to make your audience is going, like their eyes are going to so many different places. That's where you need to be, right. you know? So it's, you know, even like, a, you know, my current job, you know, you're talking about like, I mean, we sell products. So it's like, well, what's the best, like, look at all the best companies who sell products. And like, once customers follow that it becomes like this like the standard of care right it's like well this is the way people are doing it so like you have to adjust because if not they come to your company and you're like oh this is hard this is awkward you know so i i just thought the same for the weekender i'm like you need to be able to just kind of like google the weekender and like stuff would appear and you know there was because you're always going to have different audiences and you and now especially now more than ever you have to appeal to all of them it's a nightmare and real quick i want to just since we're kind of Jumping around here, I want to uh, at least let people know um, what you're doing now. Currently, I know you work for Benko Dental, mm-hmm. which is a like dentistry product distributor. Yeah, we're a full dental distributor, so okay. we sell everything from toothbrushes to you know equipment to building your a design for your dental office, all of it. Right. That's why I thought of you when I was the dentist today, and and I just want people to know that. So when you start talking about what you do today, and you don't mention yeah. the name, people know. But yeah, I mean, I, it's today, like, I mean, social media is obviously like a, a full-time job for people. And it's like, I, 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 I don't want to like do Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. And like, cause I, I, I am old. I don't belong on TikTok. I, I'm not funny <laughs> for TikTok. There's a lot of creative people out there. Uh, I just don't have that in me. I'm like, I also think I, I watch these videos and I'm like, that must take it. It must, must have taken a long time. I know. I, we're organic people, John. I think when funny moments happen, it, it happens organically. But to script out these hilarious videos, I say it all the time too. I mean, these people, like they're skilled at it. It's it's a true craft. And they're doing it to get different, fo- you know, more and more followers. Like, yeah. So that's a, that's a whole other skill. Yeah. But back to the weekend. I mean, yeah, you're right. You needed to be everywhere. And, and um, especially as we advanced and, and we were always, you know, NEPA at least was always 10 years behind. Yeah. Uh, but I thought we did like, we did a lot of great things as far as um, our capabilities were concerned and the staff we had. And yeah. Um, well, I think at the weekend too, like we would try to find out things like, I mean, I went to some conferences and stuff while I was there. I went with Christy too to some conferences and like, you're always trying to find out like not just what other newspapers were doing in other markets, but like, just what the world was doing, like cool events and things like that. And we're like, all right, well, let's try to mimic that in Northeastern Pennsylvania, even if it's on smaller, a smaller scale, it's just something that's relevant and it's fresh and something that, you know, maybe 
it just hasn't happened in Wilkes-Barre before. And so we would do those type of events just to try them. And like the fun part about it is like, if it failed or like, all right, whatever, we just won't do that again, you know, because it's not like we spent money on it. So right. There was no loss. So yeah. it's just us trying things out. Yeah. I mean, what, what a great place to learn though. I know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thankful every day for my time at the weekender and, I uh, I always said that I was my next tattoo would have been a Weekender logo. And I remember talking about this with you. Like, should we get little red W's? Should yeah. we do it? And I'll tell you what, even if I, I, I never got one, but it's one of those things that even if I did, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be one of those tattoos that I was embarrassed about. No, no, me either. I love that. I would regret it or whatever it might be. Um, just because. Because it didn't it, like work. I mean, it was work. We worked hard, but like it was just part of your DNA, right? It was just like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And and every time we went out, you represented that company. And it was just, I mean, it was just part of like our culture. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds super cheesy and probably hard to understand if you haven't been through it, but it was just fun to be a part of. And it just, I never felt like I was like, oh, clock in today and like put in eight hours. You know, you would just be there until 10 o'clock at night, you know, and even if your work was done, just screwing around. Yeah. It's definitely a, a young man's game. And I, I should, I shouldn't say young man because uh, it's not uh, politically correct anymore. A young person's game. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I have so many just funny moments within the office. So right? share some of those. I mean, I, 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 I know my favorites. Uh, I think Damien and I talked about my, my most favorite one, but I mean, there's a few, like there's, um, so I don't know who did it, but somebody like, remember I had that office. So Alan had like the big office at the windows when he was editor and I had the closet. Yes. Remember that little closet right? mm -hmm. and somebody, cause I freaking hate band-aids and there were, I walked in one day and there were band-aids all over my office, like on my computer, like I couldn't touch anything without touching band-aids and stuff. And I was freaking out because I had, it. it was disgusting. It was disgusting. I remember that as a moment. I remember, and I know you mentioned it before in a podcast, but that stupid blue football that you and Damien would throw around. And, uh, and I yelled at you for, and I was like, I'm telling you, like, if I catch it, like I'm, I'm cutting it into pieces. You're like, oh, no. And you guys threw it on purpose into my office while I was sitting there. So I, I got up and I knew you were doing, I could hear you guys right outside my door. So I went and grabbed the football and was it you or Damien jumped on top of me, which like nowadays would be like, ah, but I was on the floor and what somebody was on top of me. I think it was, I think, Damien. I think it was Damien too. He was Damien trying to get the stupid football off me and I'm laughing. I'm like, get off me, get off me. And then I'm, yeah. And I cut it to pieces and Damien glued it all back together. But that was, the, I mean, the look on your face. When you like, because you thought that was over. You're like, I win. I told you that I was going to do it. Cut yep. it to pieces. It we'll never see it again. Cut that into pieces. Yeah, you know, you thought you'd never see it again, and I don't. I, I will never forget, like just the, sh the your jaw drop. Because first came. of all, you have to have a really steady hand to be able to do that. It had to take hours, and the whole reason was like I don't care if you're throwing a football around, but it was like that funking noise back and forth right outside my. Eye. I'm like, stop <laughs> throwing it. It's annoying. And then you know, I could hear you guys, and like it, like. Lands in my office, so I went to grab it, and Damien jumped on top of me. So, yep. I remember that was fun. I um, yeah. and I know like you um, like, but I do like the day that like we were all working late, and you were trying to leave your out of office. <laughs> <laughs> I was going on vacation. Yeah, 
I was working with Steve on some design and every time, because like everybody screws it up. You're like, oh, this is John Pablo. I'm going to be out of the office between blah, 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 whatever. And you were messing it up. So he kept like screaming in the background, like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. And like, so you had to keep re-recording it. Then I remember just sitting there laughing and finally you like lost your shit. <laughs> I wish I still had that. Are you fucking kidding me? I wish I still had that somewhere. I think I have them somewhere too. Yeah. I'm so mad. It was hilarious. So, I was. Yeah. I really like that. That was a fun moment. So it's a shame <clears throat> that yeah. uh, Steve and I are no longer friends. I know. That makes me sad. But yeah, it is what it is. It's life. It's life. But I mean, that was funny. And then, yeah, like with the girls there, like Katie and Janelle, like, because Katie, too, everyone grew up at the paper, right? They're, it's like all these life lessons. Like, yeah. I remember Katie spilled coming up the steps. I think it was like French toast coffee or something like that. And she was like geeking out about it. And she goes, my office, she's like, uh, it, it's like everywhere. I just spilled it like all over the steps. Like, what do I do? I'm like, you have, you have to go clean it up. Like, you have to go. And she's like, oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Cleans it up. You don't have a, a janitor no, for maybe. that? Yeah, like, so, and, um, but just those little moments, I think, but I mean, it was just, and again, you just learn, like, you, you get thick skin very, very fast because of your, like the type of clientele. So it's like, you're learning and at least for me, like I wasn't exposed to any of those things growing up and I wasn't exposed to any of those things in college. So like, you know, um, everything in the back of the newspaper was all brand new to me. Like I had never seen anything <laughs> like that before. And now it's like, okay, now you have to go there and you have to like meet people and pick, but it's in it. Like all of a sudden you're like, okay, these are just people. Like everyone's just trying to like get by. Right. Everyone's just trying to make a living. And it just, I don't know. I think it humbles you a little bit and you're just like, I don't know. And then you go from that to then throwing like all your events at G club 10 and hanging out there every single weekend. Right. So it's like, it didn't even think you never even thinking anything of it. So I, I actually like that that journey, like that that you know, just kind of going from like, oh my god, this is also shocking to be like everybody. We're all just people, just having a good time and trying to make a living. Yeah, and talk about the thick skin because um, you were uh, a young sales rep, female for the weekender, which uh, <clears throat> the weekender was. I don't want to say primarily men, but I, I think it was probably what sixty forty ish men. Yeah women, um, attractive, uh, you know, and I'm not asking you to, to call anybody out or or anything like that, but I'm sure there was instances where, you know, a a bar owner or business owner who was a man, you know, may have thought that they could take advantage of you, not in a a sexual way by any means, but you know, Oh, this is a woman. This is my, this is my, this is my chick rep from the weekend or like, you know, whatever, like it is what it is, but like, all the time. Yeah. Like I, I mean, there are strip clubs that we went to like, and again, I'm not going to name any of the names, but and they were like, Hey, you know, you want to work part time on the side? And I'm like, no, like I work for the paper, you know, like, thanks, but no, I'm not going to do that. And like, but that being said, it's not like that was the norm for me. Like, don't get me wrong. Like there's, I think there were some appointments that like, yeah, they would, you know, take the appointment because they thought they could flirt or whatever. But then when they realized like, all right, she actually knows what she's talking about. And like, and I was never there to just take their money. Like I really wanted to see businesses grow. I really wanted to help them. So I think once people kind of understood that they're like, all right, you know, she's legit. And like, I had great relationships with a lot of the like, 
in back of the paper, you know, weekender, which people think are like scandalous, but there was, there was a lot of like adult entertainment, like strip clubs and stuff where there were some really nice managers that I worked with who were very polite and very civil and never tried anything or said anything. So, you know, you can't, you can't stereotype, you know, it was, it was some of the big bar owners, some of them even restaurant owners that would say something outlandish. It was, wasn't like the strip club owners. Yeah. And act like that. I wonder too, like, you know, obviously there's escort ads in the back of the weekender, you know, they would advertise, you know, their number saying, Hey, we'll, we'll be a companion for the evening, yeah. or whatever it might be like, I mean, how is that different than what single people do today with yeah. like Tinder and those things? It's just still yeah. like, you know, going through a, a digital uh, portfolio, just kind of like, you know, there are people giving their information. They'll, they'll, they'll text it. I don't, I don't know that life, thankfully. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it works exactly. So I don't want to like get caught up with the uh, ins and outs of, but it's kind of similar and people are hooking up in different ways. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of those places, like what they were supposed to be doing was just giving like massages. That's all right? you're doing. So, yeah. And there was, there was one place actually, again, I was helping out with like inside sales at the time I was young and um, I didn't know that those places exist. I didn't know. I thought if you were a massage parlor, like you were, you went to school to become a massage therapist and you were a massage. Like that's what Same. I thought. Yeah. No, I didn't. We grew up in Hamlet Creek. I, mean, what, what I know. I wasn't exposed to that kind of stuff. So it was like a rude awakening, you know? And then, you know, you know, and then of course I was always talking about it. Like, did you know? But like one of those places once who never even saw me, I was just talking to them on the phone trying to get their ad. And they're like, Hey, you know, are you looking for like, again, yeah, like part-time work? Do you want to work here? And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not a licensed therapist. I don't know how to give massages and I'll never forget. It. She's like, you don't need to learn how to, you don't have to know how to do massage. You just have to like massage people topless. And I was like, nah, <laughs> thank you so much. Offer, but like, I'm okay. Like I'm making a living. I'm all right. Whatever. But like, I never, that was my first experience that I was like, Oh, this is this is different. These aren't people that are going to like allied massage therapy or whatever and getting certified. Like I, I just I didn't know that that world existed. So, right. and then twelve years later, I was like in it. But I'm, I'm still I'm still upset that <clears throat> I was never um, offered. No, that should not be one of your like big. Well, I mean, I'm not. I wasn't going to accept, but I'm like. You know, I'm there every I'm there every week. Maybe I, they just respected you enough that they didn't offer. No, that's not what it was. I don't know what it was. So it wasn't that. <laughs> I feel sensitive <laughs> about it. Uh, I went yeah, to a really, place once. I was working for Christy, and I went to pick up their money for it was like a little one by two ad. And when I went in, like pit bulls came running from the back, like full charge at me, and I was terrified. I was sure. terrified in Plymouth. And like all these pit bulls came running. And I remember going to Christy, I'm like, I'm never going there again. It's never going to happen. Not that I have anything against pit bulls, but it was like, it was crazy. It was a crazy situation to pick up like $20 worth of cash. And I was like, and she's like, you don't have to go there. They can bring it in or like see how, you know, send in the check or something. But yeah. But again, like at the end of the day, I think people are just trying to get by, you know, it's a life can be hard for everybody. So. Yeah. I mean, so, and talk about that because I feel like, um, the, you know, as a sales rep and even a general manager, like I feel like 2002, 2003, and even up till like the 
economy uh, tanking, so to speak, in 2008, like things were good. Things were good. You, we were fat and happy. You would you would say, hey, full page ad, 700 bucks. They'd be like, here you go. Done. Yeah, you don't have to negotiate. There was Nothing. no added value offers. Just yeah. the, this is it. Yep. And I, and I didn't get into sales until 2007. I had to wait for Katie to leave so I could walk over her dead body. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, so like I had like a year of like, this is, oh, this is, this is life is good. But I would see yeah. like, you know, I was taking care of the ads and building the pages out and all that kind of sh- stuff like that. So it, it was like, it seemed easy. Like, yeah, full page ad, 700 bucks. Okay. No big deal. Here you go. Here's cash. Yeah. Um, and then 2008 came and it was, uh, yeah, it was a hard. new world. It was really hard because like, I remember, I mean, I remember people trying to negotiate cause we had, a, it was a competitive market and we had a competitor that came in the area and they'd be like, well, they only charged me half. I'm like, well, they have half the audience. So like you're paying for what you get. So it's like, you know, do you want the bigger audience or, or not? And then like, you could just kind of talk through like the actual data, you know, and your statistics and, you know, and like what their demographics and they'd be like, Oh, okay. And you weren't selling them, you know, it wasn't a f- false information. You were like, this is really what the paper is. And they would buy it. But when 2008 hit, that's when like the whole added value started. Like you could no longer just give them one thing for their money. You had to build in like packages to everything. And that yeah. was, that was um, difficult. That was really difficult. And that's also like, it's right around that time. I feel like when the whole like Groupon came out, remember? And then we were doing like daily deal and everything. Yeah. So, cause you're trying to help out restaurants. It was just, it was just a tough time for everybody, but you couldn't be, you couldn't be arrogant going into it and being like, well, this is who we are. Like you, you had to adjust. And then just, unfortunately, sometimes when you have to adjust because of the market, well, then that becomes your new ad rate. Like that's now that's what it's worth. Right. That's the new normal. And yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no going back. No which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, I forgot what I was going to say about the whole like changing of, um, but before, before that happened though, it was like, you could almost turn down the business though. It was, it was like so much. I mean, there was times I think before that we were, or maybe it was even after, I, th- I think we had to get creative, but we, I think 96 pages was like the max yeah. page count that the weekender could be. And there was one week in, in weekender history. I think we did 112. I, I don't remember the exact number, yeah. but we had to find a way to add more pages to the weekender. Yeah. And yep. I had to, I, maybe it was 2007 ish because Katie was gone. I think Janelle was still there, but, but early days you, you, you could afford to be like, you know, if people were giving me a hard time, you could be like, no, okay, well I'm not going to do business with you. We d- we did it. I remember you don't need firing, to. Yeah. I remember firing accounts. If they, then, if they were just like too difficult to work with, be like, all right, just, you know, take your business elsewhere. Yeah. Why don't you tell a story about a, a business? Don't in the name. That's not yeah. what we're here to do is we're not here to call anybody out, but there was an account and it maybe helped my memory, but there was an account that I feel like the weekender would get delivered to their establishment mm-hmm. and we caught them throwing the weekender away in their dumpster and then calling us saying yep. they never got delivered. Yep. <laughs> Make our lives miserable. Cause like, that's, that's crazy. To do. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, I know what account you're talking about. Like I got, um, I got kicked out of that account cause I was like stuck in traffic and I was trying to like hurry up and get there and go on an appointment. 
and I got stuck. And so by the time I got there, I was like being like disrespectful and got screamed at. And I remember I was like, I'm out of here. Like, I don't need to take this. And then that's when we like, we stopped doing business with them a while. And then we kind of made up and started again. But, but they were just, it was taking, like when you sat down and did the math, the time we were spending running weekenders back and forth, making like just unnecessary changes to the ads, faxing, we were faxing ads and faxing ads to them when they were on vacation, like all these different things. And like, and people, I remember all of us, like sales reps, graphic designers, all of us were like miserable because we were getting put through the ringer. And I remember I worked for Susan Kalo at the time. I'm like, what do you, what do I do? She's like, fire them. And she's like, and who are their competitors? So I was like, I named all the competitors. She's like, now give all those competitors as much love as you could possibly give them. And mm-hmm. it was awesome. Yeah. And I was like, that is great. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. And it, but like, you know, 2008 came and it's like, we, I don't think any sales company has kind of rebounded from that in a sense where they're in a position where they're like, I oh, know I don't need your money because we're good. Yeah. Because that's what happened. It was like, we got to the point where revenue was so far down and it wasn't just the weekend or the newspaper industry, but like, you know, to a point where like we couldn't refuse, like we had to take, we had to like get whatever we could. Yeah. We could. Yeah. Like it was like that desperate almost. Yeah. And you had to basically then you had to like, you had to work around everyone else's schedule. Like, I mean, and we did, like, we were flexible even before that. Like we understood like some businesses didn't open till late. They're like, all right, I can't pick up money till nine o'clock at night. But then when 2008 hit, then it was really like, well, now you have to come at 10 at night, you know, or now you have to come at seven o'clock in the morning. So it's like, whatever their schedule was became our schedule. And that, that made things a little tough. So, and it's not, I mean, again, we'd, even before that, it's like firing an account and rejecting that wasn't the norm for us either. Like we weren't jerks. Like we did everything we could to like accommodate people and work with people. But I just, I remember that specific incident where I was like, my, my, my team's not happy. Like they're having a hard time with this. This is causing like more grief than what this ad is worth. And it had all worked out. Like we all made up and they did business with us again and it mm-hmm. worked out. But it's just at the time I was just like, we need a break from this. And maybe you need a break from us too. Yeah. It was just like, it was just becoming too hostile. And you mentioned your team. Um, Talk a little bit about uh, going from, you know, sales rep to sales manager, marketing manager to being the GM and having a team underneath you and what that meant to you as a, as an individual, what it meant to you as a leader and um, you know, how you kind of navigated those waters. Cause it's definitely, it's not easy because I always say, and I was, I was in your seat, um, I think a little differently, but same seat, literally. Yeah. Um, and for me, I always said, when you're a sales rep, you have one person to worry about, and that's yourself, yep. which is great because you have a number, you have to hit it. If you don't hit it, then you're, you know, you get talked to, or if you have a good manager, they kind of figure out how they can help you and achieve your goals and yada, yada, yada. But as a, as a manager and a general manager, you know, that one person becomes, you know, you, you can now obtain eight headaches or however many you know, members of your team you have. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. And, um, cause you were young. I mean, I think you were, were you even 30 yet when you, oh, yeah. yeah, you were, you were very young. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I definitely had to learn as I went along. I didn't have like any like management book that I was reading, but I was very, very fortunate to have a lot of mentors in my life. Right. As I said, I worked for Kathy Fleshy, I worked for Christy, I worked for Susan, I worked for um, Carolyn Young. 
And then I had, I had my dad, well, you know, who I would run everything by, like, because my dad was a manager, you know, forever. And um, so I would just run ideas past them. And I, I just remember like early on, you know, because you're, you're so in it, you're so passionate about it. And if somebody like, wasn't thinking the same way you were thinking, I remember my dad telling me like, you, your first rule of management is to understand that not everyone is you. Not everyone thinks the same way as you. Not everyone's going to react the same way as you. You might think something's great. Someone else is going to hate it. So I remember taking that to heart, but like, I wish I had more experience in like understanding like different behaviors and how to manage through that. Because again, like, like you, you're just like, well, this is great. This is a great job. I love this. And so if someone was really like struggling with something, I would try to help them through it. But you know, you're kind of like, you realize this, this is a good gig, right? Like, why don't you feel the same way I feel? Like right. now as a manager, I mean, I've been a manager since I've been like 26 years old. So like now I have like different training. I'm a little, it's a, you know, a little bit of, you know, maturity behind me as well. Um, that you have to realize that like you have to, as a manager, adapt to how that person wants to be managed. Right. So, you know, somebody who is like all about the details and is super organized and you come in all like, excited all the time, like they, they might shut down. They might want the details first and then they could get excited about it. Like I'm a very easily excited person. So I come in with it and everything with like excitement. And I, now I realized looking back, I was like, so some people probably maybe were like, mm, I'm not taking her seriously. You know, she's too like, you know, because they're not that way. And so you have to kind of adapt and, you know, and, and manage people in the way that they can receive information and stuff because they'll respect you more for it as well, because you're taking the time to learn about them and their, their personalities. So, you know, I don't think I, again, there was a lot of things that I ran past different, you know, mentors in my life, but I, you know, was, if I could go back now, you know, the manager that I am now and the experience I have now, and just some of the, the resources I've been exposed to and some of the education, I was like, oh, I would have done that differently. I would have done that differently. So but again, I feel like we were, there was a lot of like, I mean, I guess if we're in our late 20s and 30s, we're not kids, but I felt like we were kind of kids and just like figuring it all out. So I don't know. I think that, and I also think that like, we're always learning. I think that management is always evolving. Like now it's like servant leadership, right? So, you know, it's not about just managing people and giving them orders and giving them assignments. Like, and I never managed that way anyway. So that worked out for me, but um yeah, I think it always, it all changes, but I think you need to evolve with your team. And I think the managers who fail are the managers who are like, this is the way I manage. This is my playbook and everybody else needs to adapt. That's not, that's, you know, that's dictatorship. So that's not, that's not true. And maybe that's managing, but that's not leadership. So right. I just, I, I believe in being like a good leader for a team. And, and even now I feel like my number one responsibility is yeah, I have a lot of goals and I have to accomplish them. But my, my number one responsibility is making sure my team's okay and making sure that they hit their goals because I want them to be the ones to, to have all the successes. You were always that for for us. And I know Katie touched on uh, a moment she had with you, um, you know, dealing with a, a difficult account. Um, and she called you. I think she was very upset and you met her out on the mm -hmm. road that yeah. same day. Yeah, that was a rough day. Um you know, whether you believe it or not, or realize it or not, I mean, you were always that type of leader, um, which was great. And I think it was just important for, uh, and you were only four years older than most of us. I mean, uh, Damien was probably closer to your age. Yeah. Uh, Steve was, uh, yeah. I think two years younger than you, but <clears throat> um, we definitely looked up to you as, um, and I think we joke about it too, like this, this person who was not much older than us, but always 
portrayed herself to be and someone we looked up to and that we could, you know, talk to if we needed to. Yeah, that was important to me because the members of our team throughout all of the years at the weekend, like I genuinely care. I cared then and I care now about those people. Like, I just feel like there's, there was a lot of hard work and a lot of talent and a lot of creativity and blood, sweat and tears and everything. And um, I genuinely, genuinely cared. So the, you know, any like hiccups that we ever had, or if somebody wasn't upset, like I really did take it personally, even though at the time it might not have, have seemed it. Like I carry that with me today because like, I take those moments where I'm like, okay, what did I do wrong at that time? How could I have learned from that? Like, what would I have done differently? So, and you and I have talked about that pretty candidly, you know, I've I've taken just, just moments of where I was like, nah, I failed that, that, you know, person, like I could have done a better job here. But again, I was trying to figure it out as I go, go along. And so it's it's not like I didn't care or didn't try, but there was, there was, you know, nothing's perfect. So I, I did my very best, but there's definitely moments where I'm like, God, if I could do that over again, I would, I would, and here's how I would do it. So yeah, but- you know, but you say you say we're like you know we're late twenties, early thirties. Like it's not that, or we're maybe we should be old enough to kind of navigate that life. But like really, that's like looking back on that now. Like we were yeah. kids even then. Oh. You know, and, and you're saying yeah. you're a general manager of a, a weekender who's like you know the revenue. Um, and I don't know what it was at the peak, and and maybe you can shine some light on this. But as far as revenue was concerned, when you were GM, like we're not talking like a hundred grand a year. We're talking. Oh. Millions. millions of dollars. Millions, yeah. It was you like two million, I think, like in its heyday. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a you know 29 year old running the ship. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. cool, but oh. like it's also it's like you know, Joe Rogan has a a, a, um, a comedy bit about like you know when we're kids, like we we see our, we see our parents and we think that like they have it all together, and then you grow up and you're you're a parent or whatever it might be, and you're like you're like, we, I don't know what's yeah. going on still. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just like, weird to think about. Be, like, when am I supposed to be grown up and have this yeah. all figured out? Like I'm still, I'm still waiting for that day too. But yeah, I think, and Anne, I think part of growth and maturity is learning from the things that you did wrong or what you could do, could have done better. Right. If we all did everything right the first time we would, none of us would ever learn. Right. I mean, that's just not the way that's the way it works. So it's like, I think for me, like my intent was always good. Like I, I just, I, I can say that honestly, like, because I love the paper. I wanted to represent the paper in a positive way. I wanted to have a hell of a good time while I was doing it, but I wanted, I wanted everyone else to have just as much fun, you know, that I was having. So yeah. and we and I, did. Yeah. I didn't, but I think people had different stresses and people, again, they, they deal with stress differently. And I think there were just there were moments and especially like towards the end when I was doing times later and weekender. And I was just like, I was starting to run a little ragged there. And I was like, I just feel like I couldn't dedicate enough time to like anything. I just felt like I was like, you know what I mean? I was like working on like big times leader events. Like I was in charge of all the big events, best and brightest, all of it. And then I was also in charge of the weekender and I had two offices between the buildings. And it was, that's when it became a little hard where I was like, ah, you know what? Like, I wish I could have given a little bit more like, not myself as if like, Oh, I'm some big, you know, guru to show people the way, but like my time just to give my time and attention a little bit more, because I think sometimes people look at it as like, ah, she didn't really care. Maybe it was, you know, but it it wasn't that it's just like, I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. I mean, I was working to nine, 10 o'clock at night, almost every night. And I think that there's at times, you know, when, you know, an employee who I'm going to say nine to five, but like, that's not a dig at anybody at the weekend because we, we all, we never work nine to five, but 
in general, nine to five workers, they see a boss and they just see your manager and they see like, oh, well, they, you know, they, they come in and they're Bentley or whatever they're driving, like, oh, they're hot shot. They come in, they tell us what to do and they leave at five and that's the end of it. And that's not, but but I think that's like, you know, it's, that's portrayed in movies and TV shows. And and I don't think a lot of managers, like uh, every manager that I've had has, have never worked nine to five. Never. And and that's not a fair representation of, what a manager is. It's not a good manager. I, I don't think. Unfortunately, I, I don't, I don't think people should, you know, work 60 hours a week, but it no. is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, talk a little bit about that. I mean, you were, so you were diehard weekender GM 2006 and I want to say 2010 ish. I could be wrong. That's just what my memory recalls. Uh, you kind of started getting pulled, like you said, to yeah. you know, weekender and times leader. And yeah. obviously, when you're pulled, when you're pulled in two directions, one thing is going to suffer. Whether we like, we, we want to believe it or not, like you can't, you can't do both. It just, it's yeah, work. Yeah, there were just a lot of asks at that time. So, and as I said, it's not. If I was just doing a little bit of each thing, but I was like responsible for really big projects. So like when I started and I was working for the times of the weekend or like, you know, as like a part-time marketing. And then even when they made me full-time, my responsibilities were like, Hey, we need a float for the Pittston parade. Like you, Steven Borowski and Kathy Pileschi, you know, go build a float. Like it was that kind of stuff. Then um, I became vice president of marketing for the times later. And I was general manager of the weekender. So those are, you know, I had to go to all the department head meetings at the times leader and the paper was changing. And a lot of those changes, they're like, okay, implement this at the weekender. And like, this is the way it has to be done. So you were trying to kind of like shift all the time. And it was just, as I said, like I was, I was running back and forth between offices and, and I worked for Prashant at the time and, and Prashant was giving me guidance too. And he was just like, he knew I was like starting to burn out a little bit. He's like, because I was there like eight, because also at the weekend, you could start a little later if you had a promotion to two o'clock in the morning. Now I'm going to promotions to two o'clock in the morning and I got to be at the time later at eight. <laughs> so it's like, it was hard. It was really hard. But again, I love the paper and I was willing to do anything for it. So, um, but I, I think at that time it was hard. Like I'd be at a meeting at the times later and then we would have like our team meeting, you know, on Wednesdays that we always had. And like, if you're running late, that probably looks disrespectful to the team, but like there, there's just so much, you only have so much time. You can only move so fast in, in between. And then the times later, like Steve was working a lot with me, um, like Ray Decker, you know, um, Amy Casaldi, which that was a really, really small team working on marketing for the times later. And then we had an agency that was involved and it was just like, and again, while all this is happening, media is changing. How people are getting media is changing. Like the daily deal is out there. Now we need a more robust website. There's social media. Um, there was just a lot of changes happening all at once. So again, for me, you know, part of it was fun, but then it was like, this is this is a lot. This is just too much. Because on top of it, I was also representing the Times that are all their community events. So I was doing like all the sponsorship deals for like at the time it was called the association for the blind or the YMCA. So I'm doing that and then going to those events as well. So I just, um, it was a good lesson, but I just, I kind of had to pivot quickly um, every day. Yeah, and I've said this before in different podcasts and I, I, I still stand by this to this day. I feel like newspapers in general operate uh, in a fear of loss. Yeah. And I mean that when I say that, I mean like they're so concerned about, 
you know, losing account X, Y, Z, as opposed to, you know, looking ahead. Yeah. The bigger picture and kind of seeing like, how can I maintain this, but also like look towards the future, add value to the product, add value, which would add value to the, the customer I'm worried about, all those things. But they're so worried about that, that one thing. They're yeah. so scared of losing it that they can't yeah. walk forward. They can't move forward. They can't even invest. And in, like, this is towards management. Like, they can't even invest in the, in the future of the product because they're so worried about, you know, well, we can't lose this because yeah. you know, then we can't function at all. It's like, and I get that. I do. But in the same sense, like if, you're, if your product is failing, how does that benefit the, the client that you're worried about losing? Yeah, right, right. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. You, you need to be more strategic on how to like, what do you need to do differently with that product? Right. What do you need to do and, and change it and not just, yeah. I, and that's why I think like, like when we were for like Rich Connor was, you know, he's a cowboy through and through. And, um, but his ideas were just so he's like, let's just do it. Let's just go for it. And so, and it was like, it was fun because, you know, you weren't afraid to like try new things. And then like, um, you know, and then I worked for Prashant and Prashant had a, you know, he was just a, a different type of manager and stuff, but he was like, okay, this is the way he wanted things more streamlined and stuff, which was, it was a good lesson for me is I had to learn a little bit more to kind of like strategize and maybe have like a more um, organized schedule. I couldn't just say, let's just throw it in the air and see what happens. So, so, but then I, I do remember towards the end and, and it was certain managers, um, you know, who I don't think they were there that much longer actually after me, but like, I remember being in meetings because again, it was a very stressful time. Like, you know, revenue was starting to decline and it was no one's fault. It was just like, it was the market's fault. I guess you could say like the market was just changing. So everyone's trying to figure out how to adapt and how to adjust to this new market. What's not cool to me and a team that like, I never want to work on. I'm not about finger pointing. I'm about solutions, right? Like, let's find a solution. Let's work together. I love to roll up my sleeves and be like, because I feel like I'm part of like this team to figure it out. And when people are starting to like point fingers and like, well, it's this person's or this person's dropping the ball. That's I'm out at that point. Like I, I can't operate that way because like that's, that's never, you're never going to be progressive. You're only going to point out faults and you're, you're looking for somebody to be the scapegoat, you know? So to me, you can't get out of that. Like there's no way to move forward from that. So um, and I saw a little bit of that, you know, like, as you said, I, I didn't leave on bad terms. I was super sad when I left, left the paper, but I just remember just kind of thinking about that a little bit and like, okay, well, this is the type of manager I don't want to be. Um, and it wasn't any of my managers. I just saw other people in other departments. So I was like pointing some fingers and I was like, it's just not, it's just not a cool way to be. And I don't, I don't want to ever do that to, to team members. That's um, <clears throat> you, you talked about uh, pointing the fingers and, and I feel like, uh, you never really like came down on me. You never really came down on, on any of us. Uh, you were always really good at um, empowering us. Mm-hmm. But I remember specifically when you looked me like dead in the eye mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 you know, you kind of like said to me, like, are you going to be part of the solution or part of the problem? Yeah. I remember, I remember that day, like yesterday. Yeah. I remember that. Cause I remember you like, again, you're passionate about you like, this is what's going on. Like, and, and I remember you like posing the problem and I was like, okay, what's your solution for that problem? And I remember you sitting and really like, I remember you're like, 
okay. And then you're like thinking it through. And I'm, that's so important to me because people want to work with helpers. They want to work with people who are, who are solution-based. Like right. it's so easy to point out problems. Like the world's a crazy place. There's a lot of problems, right? It's so easy to point it out, point it out. But if you're not willing to do something about it, like nobody wants to hear it. Like, right. like I don't want to hear people's problems all day. Like I want to know what the problem is, but like, let's like, I, you know, you can't set a pattern for yourself where it's just constantly like complaining about something or pointing out problems. Like it's, it's important. It's important for someone to be like always the devil's advocate. It's equally important to be part of the the solution based team. Yeah. If you want to get ahead. Yeah. So. I remember that well. <laughs> I do too. But you, you also mentioned, um, you know, departing from the times leader and the weekender. And that was, you know, a, a company and, uh, divisions that that's all you knew. Um, yeah. Talk scary. a little bit about that. Um, what ultimately led to that, what you moved on to, um, sure. and all that. Sure. Well, I left, as I said, where I was like, okay, this is all I know. Newspapers changing. Like, what do I want to do? And like, I knew, as I said, I knew like digital was going to be a big, big part of it. And I was like, I just feel I need to be more diversified. Right. I need to learn some new, new things it was a huge decision to, to resign. Um, you know, I kind of got, um, somebody came to me from an e-commerce startup who was like, yeah, this opportunity. So like, I wasn't really looking at the time, but I got approached. So I was thinking about just like my overall view on where I was in my career and then, you know, being approached. I'm like, maybe this could be exciting and it could be something different, but, um, it was super scary because it was like, yeah, it was all I knew, but it was like my family too. You know what I mean? I, it's not that I didn't, stop loving it. Like I, I loved it. Um, but I just felt like I needed to challenge myself a, a little bit. So, um, when I left, I remember it was nice. There was like a party at Rodano's. <laughs> I remember I got like a, I don't know, some little like sculpture or whatever. And, and it was, it was really sweet, but it was a really, really emotional time, time for me. And I left, it was right after my last issue was the swimsuit issue. Um, which I just felt was really appropriate because it was one of my favorite issues because it was such, it was like the most popular issue. It was always fun to, or I organized them all the time. I was constantly, remember those days, like reaching out to people and be like, Oh yeah. Want to be in the swimsuit issue? And like, do you, you didn't think anything of it. Do you think that could still be done today? Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't probably not. Right. Because it's probably like objectifying people or, Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. It's not I mean, like it's we an made alternative publication. Well, there was that, but we didn't make anybody do it. It's not like we were like. No, no, we didn't make anyone do we it. We probably have to be more body conscious. I guess you could say we'd have to include. I don't um, know. More diversity. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which is fine. I mean, that, that's, I'm not saying we, we shouldn't. Did. Like we, I mean, as far as like body types, like we had some people who were like stick thin and then we had people who were like muscular and, but I, I don't know. It like, it was a swimsuit issue, right? So we were trying to make it very like sports illustrated swimsuit issue. And that's right. what it was. But, but, and then we had guys too, cause I had to solicit all those guys. I would just like go hang out at the gym and ask people. <laughs> Such a terrible life, Rachel Pugh. I know. I'm like, let's go work out. Like all these guys working out too. (laughs) Oh, geez. Do you want to be in the? The guys were worse than the girls. They were harder on themselves than the girls. Yeah. There's, but um, yeah, it was fun. We got. I never thought anything of it. Like going up to people in bathrooms, like you're pretty. You want to be the mop of the week? (laughs) I did it all the time. 
in the woodlands. Yeah. I remember the woodlands was like I was like, all right, I gotta go find models, and I'd go to the woodlands on the weekend. Just that. or my friend Vicky, Vicky was recruited for everything. Yeah. Or Vic was yeah, she was in I don't even know how many swimsuit issues. God bless. <laughs> it was just, I have a funny story about Vicky too. And also a swimsuit thing, but it wasn't even for the issue. It was for a promotion, but, but I'll get to that. But anyway, so it wasn't just, again, it wasn't just about like, Oh God, this is scary. And I don't know anything else, but like, also I'm like, this is so much fun. Like I've done so many great things. Like what if nothing is ever like this again? Like, or what if something's dry or what if something's like too corporate for me and stuff? Like, I don't know what it's like to be like, just this, like, you know, tie in suit type of corporate person. Like I, I just don't know how to do it. So I did the e-commerce thing for like a little less than a year. I left there. I just, it just wasn't something I wanted to pursue, but met some great friends there. And then, um, I started applying for different jobs and, um, I was actually going to work for Genetti's. I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll go do that. And I'm like, at least I, like I'll be in the hotel and like restaurant business and stuff. That would be cool. And then, um, but at the same time I had applied to bank on, they, they, reached out to me and um my boss at the time paul jackson called me and by the time again i was going to go work for genetti's and i was like no i already told genetti's you know work for them so and then chuck cohen the owner called me and was like listen i think this could be a good opportunity and i was like chuck cohen's calling me <laughs> i thought it was really cool yeah and I mean, I remember calling my dad like chuck cohen just called my cell phone um and i was i was nervous about like a dentistry and it's mar- like marketing dentistry like how's it going to be and it was not it was so much more than I thought it was going to be like I didn't I didn't know I'd have all the opportunities that I did have like um or still do have obviously but like just traveling for the company and like and dentistry is it's just a very it's a dynamic industry you really don't know about dentistry until you get into dentistry and like and I've met amazing dentists from all over the country and like dentists who have offices and who like see celebrities in Los Angeles and have an office in Dubai and like just crazy or dentists who are um, dentists by day, but like, they also like model on the side. Like it's crazy. And then we have a magazine and I get to work from that. It's a national magazine. And we work with the editor um, who's now the creative director at Forbes magazine. Like, so it's just been a lot of really cool opportunities. So I've been fortunate that to go from such a like, wild background of like arts and entertainment <laughs> publication and to switch to dentistry, which you wouldn't think, you know, I'm like, well, how, how are the two going to relate? But, um, I, I love it. You know, there's, there's a lot of, I, again, as I said before, I don't want to be the person who just does one thing every day. Like I can do so many different things at Banco and they encourage you to, you know, to learn about all the different departments and, and to be part of it and to help different departments. So that's what I do now. <clears throat> Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So I got to see a lot of the country. I've traveled all over the country. It was because like Banco encourages you to co-travel with salespeople. So you can learn more about dentistry. And my manager at the time was like, don't just travel in Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania, like we started here. So we have a good market here. Like try to go where maybe like we're newer in different areas so you can learn. And he's like, just pick places. I'm like, cool. So I'm like, I went to Beverly Hills, (laughs) like, you know, I went to Nashville. I went like all these cool places and it's, it's awesome just to see how different the market is depending on where you go. So. Very cool. I'm happy for you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds exciting. I work in digital marketing, ironically. There you go. Yeah. And before you said you have a big budget, so yeah, you can get things done. It's funny how money helps. You don't even have a budget. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a dollar. It's more than I had, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But 
Yeah. So, oh, I want to tell you my funny story of Vicky. Oh yeah. And then I have, a, I have a, I have an ask for you as well. Okay. So again, when I started at the beginner, I was just like doing marketing. You're just kind of like going to places and working promotions and whatever. Um, you could do anything. You could and just try things out and, you know, no one thought anything of it. So we had a bar owner. It was, I guess it was my account. I think I had the Scranton region at that time. And they were like a dive bar. It was like a biker, like dive bar. And they were having a swimsuit issue contest. Cause at that time, like bars had like best body contests and things like that. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. crazy. I, judge, wrestling. Yeah. I judged tons of that stuff. Like it was insane. So amateur night at G club. What's up? <laughs> Oh, I remember recruiting people to go. They're like, this is great. Or like going to judge things. And like, guys, we have to go judge this contest. I remember Damien Pick being like, I can't believe this is part of my job. But <laughs> that never uh, happened. Hopefully his wife doesn't listen to this. That never happened. God. God. But um, which is crazy. I remember when his first son was born. I remember when he ran out of the office because his wife was in labor. Isn't that crazy? Well, I think I think that you you saw him run out. And I saw him in the parking lot of yeah. the hospital. Yeah. So, I wasn't even working there yet. Insane. But um, anyway, so they were having this contest and the manager of the bar was like, you, can you please bring people like we, no one's signing up for this contest. It's going to be a bust. And I was their sales rep. So I was like, call Vicky. I'm like, Vicky, you have to be in this best body gun. This is this like biker bar in Scranton. It's no longer, it's good. It's completely shut down. And Vicky is like the most easygoing person, right? She's like, okay. So she would just agree to do all of these things, these crazy cover stories and like, again, swimsuit issues, all these things. Um, so she went up and it was Vicky, myself, and my brother. I brought my brother with me. So it was the three of us in this like dive bar. So by the time we got there and like Vicky, whatever, was just kind of walking around in your bathing suit. There was, I guess the bar recruited like one or two, I don't remember, uh, their bartenders. So now they have like people who work there and all their patrons there. So it was one of, oh God, it's so degrading. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I was like, oh, <laughs> so gross. But like, again, when you're 23 years old, you don't even think about it. But it was um, by a round of applause and like people yelling and stuff. Just ugh. like, I would never ask one of my friends to put themselves through this at, you know, at this day and age. But we're talking like 20 years ago. Yeah. So People were like, for my friend, just like cheering and cheering and cheering for her. And then the girls who work there, like these are their people, like these are their patron stuff. They're just like, a, so Vicky wins. So now these girls who work at this bar are like furious about it. So this whole thing starts, they're like talking crap to us. And it was my brother who was just like, uh. I, I think we need to go. I, I think they're getting upset. And one young person's yelling like, you got robbed, Gretchen, to this other bartender. And stuff. Like it was so, so I'm like, Vicky, put your clothes on. We have to leave right now. So she's trying to like throw her sweatshirt on. <laughs> I don't even know what she won. It was probably like a pizza gift certificate or something stupid. Like not even worth the drive up there. But yeah, day pass at Neog Park in Scranton, yeah. PA. Yeah. Something for tickets to go see Jewel and uh, Rob Thomas. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was but it was funny. felt like that all the time. It was, I don't know. My whole family was, I, because again, I wrote the column that we had the weekend or model the man of the week. So I would recruit all of them. Like my cousin Gregory was a man of the week. All my, my sisters, my brother. 
I think even my mom was in my, one of my fashion columns. Like they were all in it. Yeah. Yeah. So you also had a, a column called fashion, fashion styles, right? Style files. Style files. Jesus. Stat yeah. fashion styles. That makes no sense. Style yeah. files. Style files. Style files. Yeah. And I wrote a word column a couple of times. Yeah. Got some hate mail. Vicky. Vicky was a trooper. You're right. I remember she yeah. didn't she put on the, was she the one that put on the candy? Liquid latex. Liquid latex, but didn't. Oh, she, yes. The, no, she didn't put on the candy bra. She did the cakes. The cakes. So I have two claims of fame for the weekender, right? And <laughs> two. 13. So it was 13. That was 90. No, Jesus. Uh, 2006, I guess. Yeah. yeah. 93. So I remember we did the, so we had two cakes and they were presented in front of breasts. Okay. We're adults here. We can say breasts. Yeah. And I remember everyone's standing around looking at the picture. Damien's there looking at the picture on the screen. Alan's Alan's there. Dopey's there. (laughs) Trying to figure out words for the cover. And we're just staring at it, right? And I come around the corner. I think I pushed my seat back and I said, what about look how we've grown? <laughs> Boom. Boom. Those were the cover words. Now Johnny Weekender was born. <laughs> it was That's so when good. I knew I was, I was where I belonged in life. So good. At that moment. Look yeah. how we've grown. Look- I do think, I do think Alan was kind of like, what does that mean? And I explain it. I'm like, breasts, they grow when you get a certain age. Forget it, Alan. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Nick then, was up for anything. See, like years ago, again, I was, I even when I was a sales rep, I don't even think I was in marketing. I was like a sales rep, but I did like sale. I always did marketing, even when I was right. in sales. So Christy always made me like in charge of the swimsuit issue. I was just always doing it. So I was always recruiting people. And I remember we went to Harvey's Lake because Grotto was like the sponsor or whatever. And I was like, Vic, I need like another person. She's like, okay. She got up. She was a, she's a nurse. And at the time, I think she was a phlebotomist. So she's in her scrubs. She leaves work from whatever shift, shows up at Harvey's Lake. Like, and Vic, she's a natural beauty. You know what I mean? So she didn't even have to get all dolled up. She just like took her scrubs <laughs> she's in her bathing suit she had it ready i guess she she must have worn it to work all day i don't know took her scrubs off we jumped on the back of a boat no no we didn't get permission i don't know whose boat it was we just jumped on a boat that was docked at harvey's lake she like stood there we took her picture like okay good she thanks put her scrubs on went home and went to bed (laughs) she did stuff like that all the time yeah she did the liquid latex story Mm -hmm. that was talking about which was ridiculous Who's we got kicked out of Tricky Hill? Yeah. Um, or Danny Genuzzi and Katie. Yeah. Katie's yeah. hands. Danny Danny's butt. butt. Yep. Yeah. That's, I remember seeing that in the news. I was lying in bed. It was like 10, whatever, 11 o'clock news. And it was like, we can remove blah, blah, blah. And they, and they were interviewing people. Remember they were like interviewing people outside of like the Penguin Stadium and stuff, like families. Yeah. What do you think about Like, what are you supposed to say with your little kids standing there? And I remember I sat up in bed and at first, you know, you're panicking, like, this is terrible. And then I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> this is really right. good. Like, this is bad press, but good press for us. Because then it was like this scandalous thing. 
It was a yeah. what what women want issue. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And I think we have the ability to push the envelope more in that direction. Yeah. I think I think I don't know if we were scared, but we definitely didn't especially after that, we didn't really you know, outside of the swimsuit issues and uh things like that, we didn't really push too hard. You know? Yeah, there was well, what was happening too, we have to realize that like Times Later had a board of like prominent people in the area because they sure. had all invested in the paper. So that's when I started to get in like a little bit of trouble because I didn't like I was told like push the envelope, like me make people uncomfortable, you know, not uncomfortable, but like you want people sometimes to be like, because <gasps> it's an alternative publication. You should right. be talking about the subjects that like no one else is talking about. So like we always try to do this. And like I remember one cover again, the cover that I got in trouble for. Um, like I remember my dad coming to me and was like, uh, Rachel, like, do you think this is a little too much? And I remember my reaction was like, you're not my target audience. Like, <laughs> you know, you're at the time, I guess he was like a 60 year old businessman. I was like, that's yeah. not who I'm, you know? So, but there were, there were definitely some board members that I got called in a couple of times where it was like, this is too much. This is too scandalous. So it was like, I, then I had to kind of watch my P's and Q's at that time. So. Yeah. Well, that's what's the problem is too. Like you have these people who want you to do these things, but they also like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. The people so you did. can't have Rich, both. Rich did. Rich wanted, Rich was like, he wanted to do it one time for the Times Leader. It was um <laughs> it was called, which now it, it it's very ironic, but it was called Dollar Days. And he wanted to sell the Times Leader for a dollar. And um, okay. he's like, right, and he called me and was like, get like women like promotional women or whatever they were they were going to like pass it out and like they were going to pay a dollar and we had all these different locations like Wegmans so we got like the pioneer cheerleaders to go there and it was just promo people and then I got these girls and we went up to Sunshine Market and um but I I got girls who yeah they're like some of them were dancers and stuff but they were really pretty girls and I thought and then Sunshine Market was like get like these girls are walking around in like skin tight jeans and high heels they're like uh get get going so we got kicked out of there but like he would push down over that he he put a billboard out with dollar days and there was all these like attractive women who were going to be passing out the times leader ironically it was called dollar days and he didn't know that some of them were dancers and i was mm. thinking about that later on and i was like oh that's kind of funny but anyway so yeah. we got in trouble for that one too and um so like things were like that and it's not like i was some raunchy human being that i was like trying to like be scandalous but i was like this is what i know like these are my like friends and well, colleagues and business you know this, this is who i work with so but in addition to that like your job is to capture an audience and, and get eyes on, on yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you do it i mean you gotta you can't like but that's why Weekend and Times Leader didn't translate. Right, very right. Different properties. I, I get it. I get it. But it's just, you have to do things to kind of like make people like really kind of like, oh, really? Yeah. And it was yeah. safe. No, no, no presses or no presses, bad press or bad press yeah. isn't, well, what, what is that called? What is it? What's the saying? <laughs> no, no, no such thing as bad, bad. Such, such thing as bad friends. Yeah. I know. And that's, but again, Rich was getting pressure too. As I said, there was a board that he had to answer to. Like there's investors in the paper. So that's the, that's I got called in a couple of times, which wasn't awesome, but you know, I get it. I, I understand some of the things we did probably was it in poor taste, probably, but like we, we knew our audience and we knew what was going to sell, not sell. It was free. We knew how they were, 
like we knew which papers were going to be off the shelves, right? We knew when we were like, all right, we're going to have to replace them on this, this time. Cause this issue is going to be like a hot issue. So, and I remember there'd be certain days that we, or certain Wednesdays like swimsuit or certain like, you know, scandalous ones. We would print more on that day on those days because they went really quickly. Yeah. And that was great. Cause then we could tell advertisers, you need advertising this issue, regardless of what you think. Like if it's gonna, like, people are going to see your ad, they're picking it up. Absolutely. Uh, I talked to Damien. He wanted me to bring, Oh, hold on. I got a notification here. The Red Sox beat the Mets. And the reason this is important is because you are a Yankees fan. No, I used and the Yankees I'm not suck. A, I'm not a Yankees fan anymore. I used Whoa, to. Whoa, well, you're a flip-flopper now. Yeah, yeah well, I don't even watch baseball. Okay, all right. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into that in a <laughs> I minute. I didn't watch baseball. I'm going to get into that in a minute. Years. My last Yankees t-shirt was Robinson Cano. How long ago was that? I don't want to hear it. We'll get into this in a minute. Whatever. Red Sox win. Damien wanted me. He wanted to tell a story when, when he and I talked, but he's like, you should tell it. It's, it's the backstage pass story. Now, I don't know if this is like different than like the all access that we did. No, it was the same thing. I don't remember. That was was that the maybe, maybe he maybe his yeah maybe he yeah, called it, it back thing. backstage pass. Yeah. The feature was all access, and let's talk about that. Like That's editorial cool. had they did not want us to have anything to do with all access. All access was, I think, a phenomenal feature. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, all access was a feature in the weekend. I think we did it once a month. Um, yeah. where the sales reps who were the, the face of the weekend, or we were the ones who were out talking to the bands, talking to the bar owners, talking to everybody. We were the ones doing these things. So we, as you know, the professional writers that we were, <laughs> meaning none. I mean, Rachel, you had experience writing, but like, you know, people yeah. like Tiffany Stein and myself, I'm like, we're not, we're not professional writers. So for the editorial team, it was more of a, a headache for them because they had to edit our stories and you know, they, they took very seriously. And, and, you know, looking back on it and, and I'm not, <clears throat> this is not me talking poorly about them. It's one of those things. I, I'm glad they were prideful of their jobs and they wanted things to yeah. be because they, I mean, their names attached to it. Right. It's, it's where the editor, you know, if there's mistakes made, it's, it falls on them. Right. But yeah. these days, I mean, you you could you could see people writing on Facebook. They don't even know how to spell words or everybody's a journalist. Use punctuation or yeah. anything. So it probably would make more sense today if the, that feature ran because you could probably just you know print it, at, it as it fun. was. It was fun getting the content. Right again, content creators. That's what we were doing. Yeah, that's what that's what the world's about right now. So it's crazy yeah. to think about. Like we were, we were doing those things and. Um, Again, I'm not discrediting anything about editorial. I, I understand the the process and the, the importance of yeah. having well done stories. Yeah, yeah we had no right doing those columns. We, we <sighs> for the product, yes, absolutely. So, uh, well, they weren't going to do it. Well, okay, yeah. That being said, we did. We, we had fun, but like, yeah, I'm sure it was um, a lot of extra work. It was. It was. But all access we would travel with the bands and kind of give an all access uh, view of what it was like to travel with the band. Like, you know, we would start at, you know, when they got in their cars, you know, if it was, I traveled with lesson one, I traveled to two shows uh, in on the Jersey shore. Um, 
but so we would start writing, you know, from start to finish. So it, it was like, you know, get on the road, grabbing coffee on the road, what we listened to in the car, to the show, setting up, breaking down, driving home, whatever it might be. We, we kind of try to capture that whole thing. So Rachel, Damien says you have a story about an all access. Yeah. Uh, column. I have a couple of them, but I know the one that he's talking about. So I went on the road with Spickan. I don't know if they were Spickan or syphilis at the time. Probably Spickan. Yeah. I think they were Spickan at the time. So, um, that's a whole other story too. Remember when we went to CBGB's? Yeah. That was so much fun. Okay. So anyway, um, Spickan and we went to, uh, the gingerbread man in Mechanicsburg okay. and I got in the car and those guys are hilarious. Like they are fun and they are great guys. And like Nick D obviously is married to, you know, one of my closest friends, Vicky. And, um, and it was Josh Rosenblatt was their manager and um, Germ and all of them do salt. It was just Brian. It was a fun time. So I'm in the V. I get into the vehicle. So I get my whole spiel every time I did these articles. I'm like, listen, I want you to act and talk however you would act and talk. Like, pretend I'm not here. This is completely fly on the wall. You know, I want day in the life. So just how, you know, say the things you would say that, like, if I wasn't here, just pre- pretend I'm not even here. And Jim Rosenblatt's just like, great. How about that rack on Rachel Pugh? <laughs> and uh so it's just like that that kind of stuff so and it was fun and and, like the thing is it's like those trips it's not like you just went you know you went for like the two hours or three hours their show like you were with them all night like i remember going to like denny's with them afterwards and like Mm -hmm. you know and i get home at like five o'clock in the morning so i mean you were pulling a really long shift to write this article so i did one with um God, I can't remember the name of the band. It was like the Screamo band. They were young. Nolan Anderson was in it. Um, I can't remember. And they were going to the Bronx to some like Screamo, like that type of music where it was a bunch of bands playing like the basement of an old church or whatever. Right. These yeah, were young guys. yeah. And they picked me up at the weekender. I drove to the weekender. They picked me up and I was like, oh God, they had a van and on the back written in duct tape, it said fart cart. <laughs> so i'm like oh, i get in the car there's no air conditioning it's july we're going to new york that was another one i got home at like five o'clock in the morning so they were i mean it was you know it was fun but it was hard work i mean it was tiring i was a blast i remember the one with lesson one it was a saturday thankfully but i mean we started it it was 7 a.m and we didn't get home till probably 4 a.m yeah i know i had sushi for the first time in my life on that trip there you go um very sophisticated yeah, two sh- yeah very very fancy uh but two shows mm-hmm. um it was cool because like people from wilkes actually came and traveled to the show the, for the second yeah. show um yeah they were a lot of fun and I, again i mean you look back on it and, and and look at where we are today with how content is consumed and 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 i mean that would be golden oh my god you, you'd want that content you'd want the yeah. the yeah exposure and shit but yeah i think one with our after like was it the chameleon was that what it was called in allentown was i don't think i was there for that one they were opening for like an actual bigger band that was, it was a band that like used to be big in like the 90s i can't remember the name and i remember writing like i'm like our after was better than that band now they were much better so it was fun well, hopefully guido won't watch this because he'll give a big head 
Yeah, they they were. I mean, they they did. They did. They have a much better show. Because again, the, the other band, I can't I'll have to think of it. I can't remember the name of it, but like they were popular probably like late nineties, early eighties, or I mean early two thousands. And like the way I remember, like making fun of the way they like they were like jumping around. It just they felt like they just like aged out of it. You know what I mean? Right. Like it just was no longer cool. So. So that's my my uh, question from Damien. Yeah, he wanted you to tell a story. Gosh, I was about to say, like, how about the that wasn't, that wasn't that hilarious, Damien? Yeah, I think that's all he said. That's what I remember. Unless I'm blocking something else out, but Josh, uh, but we hung out with Josh Rosenblatt all the time. Oh yeah, he was. I, I miss him. Uh, we just, I just had a uh, memory of pop up on Facebook. I think it was yesterday, the day before. I actually got sushi with him. It was four years ago, which is the last. Well, no, I saw him at uh, a thing at the Woodlands, maybe three years ago. But it was four years ago we had sushi, and that was the last time I really hung out with him. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I love Josh. Like it was funny because his dad um, was a doctor, and my dad worked at you know John Hines Allied Services. And like I remember growing up as a kid, my dad talking about his dad. Cause they also had that travel agency where they would like, you know, book all the traveling for all the travel for all these major bands. And we'd be like sitting at the dinner table and my dad would be talking about like Dr. Rosenblatt and how he got to like hung, hung, he hung out with like Metallica or Iron Maiden or something like that. And when I was young, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. And then years later hanging out with Spickham, I met Josh and somehow it came up like we were like kind of looking at each other like we recognized each other's last names and i was like oh my god your dad's the doctor who i've been here like i heard about him just growing up you know forever so it was kind of kind of interesting but um yeah he's just he's a great great guy he's he's a good human being can we take a minute to, to pause this for a pee break sure all right one second okay all right that pee break was brought to you by applied botanics CBD products and Keller's lawn service. Call them for all your lawn needs <laughs> for real though. They are my sponsors. I, this is that's a legit great. podcast. It's great. That's I'm, I didn't say anything. That's wonderful. I'm glad you have sponsors for all my listeners, my five listeners. That's legit. I use the sure, applied products. What's that? Congratulations on getting sponsors. That's awesome. I need a sponsor for my alcohol problem too. <laughs> but uh <laughs> speaking of which yeah. so which ones have uh of these have you watched all of them with the or listened yeah, to i have to finish damien's because i started his but yeah i watch i watch all of them it made me nostalgic i'm like every single one of them i'm like oh i just they're all good people like nikki when she's talking about like where she's working now and how she used to drive and go to Turkey Hill and pick the, the paper up and come into to work. Like I got emotional. <laughs> I got really emotional when she said that. And like, I don't know. It was not, it was just so great to see y'all, see everybody. Well, you mentioned being 80 years old and thinking back to these times. Yeah. That's why I'm doing this because I, I'm hoping that I lived to 80 for one. But I imagine that my memory will probably be shot at that point. So I'm hoping to have these as uh things I can kind of go back to and watch or listen to and don't you again it's not like i sit around talking about myself in the old days all the time but like as i was saying when we started like i have my i had a friend at banco actually and um he passed away and 
he, like, I would just kind of like shoot the breeze with them and stuff in his office. And he would get the weekender because the weekender was, he worked at Bank along before I did. And it would, so he recognized, you know, just us from that. And I would just be in his office talking about these like crazy weekender stories. And he was actually friends with um, Christina Dugan. He would hang okay. out with Christina Dugan sometimes. So we would just chat about stuff and laugh and everything. And, and again, I, I, I would just think about it, like, those were really good times. Like there were some times where I was just like, I don't know how we got away with it. <laughs> it was crazy parade days specifically were insane. Um, anytime we had a limo it was insane, but I don't know. We were young and fun. And that's, that's, that's when you're supposed to do all that crap. Right. That's- There's a saying as well. I hope I don't screw it up, but um, shit, I'm going to screw it up. I, 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 I forget it. Um, damn it. I had it before I was going to say it but I forget now. God damn it. You'll, you'll, it Something. Um, youth is wasted on the young or what's it saying? Something's yeah. wasted on the young. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it, I, I heard it recently. I'm like, wow, that's so true because, um, you know, it, it, it was kind of along the lines of like, it's wasted on the young in that. Oh, I gotta look it up. This is this is crazy. <laughs> this is making me mad now. It's because it makes sense if if you hear it. Yeah, is, is it? I think it's youth is wasted on the young. Just because, like, no, it's, it can't be that. I'm gonna sound stupid. It's powerful, whatever it is, because it's obviously. It's going to be very. It's, it's very powerful. <laughs> I can't even think of what I, what I like how it makes sense because <sighs> I guess it, it, it's a long lines of you, you don't know how to take advantage of it because you're you're young and naive. Like, but that's the great part about it. Like that's right. Yeah, it's everything is new. And you're, and you're invincible. Right. And, and it's exciting. And all you want to do is have fun and be with other people and have fun. And like, and it's not like I wanted to make a good living. Like I wanted to earn a living and buy a house and, you know, and, and, and be responsible in that respect. But I was like, but if I can get all those things and pay my bills and have a really great time with a bunch of friends doing it. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Why, yeah. why would you use anything else? Yeah. hundred percent. I, me- I remember saying to myself, like I, I, I wake up and say, I can't believe I get paid to do this. Now yeah. I get paid a lot, but like oh. my expenses weren't high. I didn't have a car payment. My my apartment rent was stupid low. Like, like if I told you what it was, I mean, I could tell you it was, it was split three ways, but I spent, I, I would pay 125 bucks a month just for rent. And we paid yeah. uh, on top of that, like for that, that included heat. <laughs> oh yeah. You're right. And so it was silly. So I didn't need a lot to live. So I was like, well, you know what? I have enough money for my rent and some beer money and uh, I'm getting paid to party. So life is good. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you were encouraged to go out and be yeah. seen at places. And like you, you were saying that before, even if it wasn't a promotion, you're like, well, but they're a good advertiser and I want to support them. So I'm going to go to their grand opening or their they the reopenings. They did had renovations or a charity event. And that's the thing too, is like, yeah, we partied hard and had a good time, but like we had a lot of charitable events. Like I'm passionate about giving back 
And I'm passionate about like, not just supporting charitable events, but like, you know, we organize a lot of our own as well. So I think that that was a cool element. You know, we were, we were giving back to the community. Like we, we had those promotions for the domestic violence service center, cystic fibrosis. And like, yeah, those are things I was passionate about, but I was working on, but I was like, these are good things to get behind. And we all, you know, joined in to support them. Absolutely. And, um, you know, Rachel Pugh, you're no longer, you no longer go by the name Rachel Pugh. Yeah. I'm married. I'm Rachel, still Pugh, but I, add- I know, I know. So, but so as, as for as long as I've known you, Rachel Pugh has not been the wisest woman <laughs> when what it comes. Mean? I don't know what you mean. When it comes to uh, men, until now, until recently, uh, I think you got yourself a good one now. We were just uh, talking about that. We went on a hike together. We were just talking about like our similar journeys, and now we're both wonderful yeah. human beings, and how Twi- lucky we are. It took you a minute. It took you a hot minute, Rachel. Thirty-nine. I told you, you're like. We're, um, he proposed. And then I was like, can we get married before I turn 40? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because like, I would, I was like, I would witness a lot of these, uh, oh, follies. You were, all of it. you were there for all of it, John, uh, <laughs> all of it. I think you were literally like, cause yeah. like, when you started, Oh God, yes. All of it. All of it. <laughs> You know, Rachel, Again, you're young. You're not thinking about forever. You know, you're just thinking about. Right. And that's kind of what I was getting at. You were young, you're naive. Yeah. I mean, there was a few of them in between. We were like, oh, yeah, okay, this is going to be forever. And you're like, oh, okay, this, this isn't. But, and it, it, again, like, I met Damien at the right time. If I met Damien, like, again, we both were married before, like, you know that. And like, if we, if I met Damien in my 20s, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we met when we were supposed to meet. And a lot of these conversations that I, I, I do, whether it's the Weekender crew or just, you know, bands or business owners or whatever it might be, a lot of these things happen where, you know, things things happen when they're supposed to happen. Absolutely. And I always say things happen for a reason. I try to live by that. Like, I think I just, it, I think it was just uh, with John Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everything happens for a reason. And it, maybe I would think differently if my life sucked yeah well right of course you know like oh why did this happen to me or right. but again i mean like things happen for a reason if you if, if your life was in a, a bad place like there's probably reasons behind why whether it's yeah. upbringing or whatever it might be um I, I think at the end of the day uh things happen for a reason but like it, it's cool I, I think all of us at the weekend are um that I could think of off the top of my head that I've, that I've known and I've talked to that I've been friends with. Um, life has turned out pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I feel everyone's in a good place. And again, I think sometimes you have to go through those, those hardships and those like really ugly times to get to that good place, because you don't know if you'd appreciate the good place you're in, if you don't know what the bad places look like. So, I mean, I, I know like Vicky and I were talking about that. I was like, you know, some people are like, zero regrets. I have not, I'm like, I have a ton of regrets. There are chapters in my life. I wish I could just like delete. <laughs> and she's like, well, you can't say that you had to learn. I'm like, I know, but like, I wish I was smart enough to not have to learn from that mistake, mistake you know, but you know, as I said, I, you know, and she said it too. She's like, 
you're a different person now because based off mistakes you've made in the past, sure. so you have to remember that. So when she's ready, she's absolutely right. Yeah. Mine were always very kind of calculated, like my decisions. Like, I mean, I don't think I've made any mistakes in the sense that like, Oh, I did this and this bad thing happened. Like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you dated the wrong person or, but it was like, it ended no big deal, whatever. Yeah. But <clears throat> you had just, a dip. You sometimes though, it's like, I look back and like, that was so stupid. Or like, why did I even put myself in that position? I'm like, and I feel like I got lucky that, right. Nothing bad, terrible came out of it, but you're like, but you could see how something terrible could come, <laughs> could come out of that. And like, and that, but again, I'm the person I am now because of that. And that's why I don't judge other people because sure. like people screw up, people make mistakes. And like, I just happen to be fortunate that like, you know, I have a decent head on my shoulders and I had a good upbringing. I have a good support system. And you it know. was great outside of the men. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things. It's just constantly like, like she's such a smart person. What <laughs> is going on over here? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. That was the path that I took. But again, at the time, you don't know that, you know, you're like, everybody has good features and good, you know, like it's not like this is a nice person or I'm having oh, fun. Oh, sure. No, I, I'm I, laughing a lot with this person. And then, yeah, things go south because you're like, all right, well, I'm, he's not the person I want him to be. And like, I'm probably not the person he wants me to be either. And it's like, this is, yeah, it's both ways. I, I'm not, you know, if, if any of those guys are watching this, I, I, I doubt they are maybe they are because they want to see if you're talking shit on them um it's not it, 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 it's, it's never it's never one-sided i mean there's there's two people it takes two to ten yeah, stupid right? stuff too in those relationships yeah, yeah. no no it, it's we all do it's like we all you witnessed it i know you can tell some of those stories of oh, stupid yeah. Stuff I'm hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> talk about that after <laughs> So it's like, again, you're young and dumb and, and yeah. learning, but like, at least we have those stories to like talk afterwards and laugh about. Like, yeah. oh, remember that time or remember, you know what I mean? I, I said, I know people that they're like, no, I don't really, I don't really have any, <laughs> I don't have any stories to tell. And I'm like, I have nothing but stories to tell. All my stories are drunk stories that I remember halfway. And then the second half is told to me by somebody else who wasn't drunk. Yeah. But like, remember when we went like, um swimming in Janetti's. That was fun. That was awesome. That was fun. And that was good. I called Tom Greco and was like, can we go swimming in Janetti's bowl? And he was like, yeah. And a bunch of us got together and we went swimming. Yeah. Josh was there. Josh was there. That, there was I, I do remember, uh I will not say her name. Um there was someone there. I think there was like some words exchanged between I feel like you and them. Mm -hmm. Uh did I get yeah. an argument with someone? Um, I don't. I, I don't know if it was like it was like kind of like it was like with somebody else, but like you kind of got pulled into it. Like it was weird, but like you have to awesome night. Yeah, awesome night. Nonetheless, it was. That was like what time of night? I don't even remember. Oh, right. it was way late? way late. But again, it was just like yeah, and, and you kind of had to like know someone to know someone like to, to hang out in the pool at Janetti's. Like yeah, like Tom, can we? We want to go swimming. There's a bunch of us. I'm okay. Saying, yeah, go ahead. I like that. Those are the kind of things that we yeah, did. We weren't staying there. We were staying no. at the hotel. We just went swimming until like whatever time at night. I still, I'll still drive past there sometimes and be like, and think of those nights. 
And uh, like, oh, that could be a really cool spot for like yes, intimate I, pool parties. Yeah, Still. Yeah, I've said uh, they should do Cuban nights there. Well, and the reason I say that, like cool, like Cuban music, because they used to have that mojito bar. Do you remember? Right. That's they were the best. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it would be cool to do like a Cuba Libre type of thing and to play like old. They used to project those films on the side of the FM Kirby mm-hmm. Center. You remember that? Yep. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool to play, like project like old Cuban films on it and stuff? Just like a whole summer vibe. Like that would be really fun. I remember it being at one of the first Friday events because we, we did a lot of stuff there for first Friday yeah. with, with Tom. And I want to say that was one of my first encounters with Susan Kalu. Mm-hmm. Um, she was there and I actually had gotten a mojito and I felt real weird. I was like, shit, like this is like kind of Rachel's boss, but not really. But she's like with the times leader and the times leader was, you know, yeah. like, Oh, the, we were, the, we were always the redheaded stepchild. So yeah. like I had a, I had this drink. I'm like, Oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have this right now. But she's cool. cool. She's so cool. Yeah, she would like buy you a drink. And so I'd love when Susan left, I'll never forget the day she left. And I got a phone call that she was leaving. And I sobbed, like sobbed and went out with her that night and sobbed (laughs) that night. Like I loved her. Like I just, you know, that's what I said. I was just super lucky. Like Kathy Plushy, too. Like I, these are great women. You know, they taught, they really showed me the ropes and like, and they showed me it wasn't just like how to be a good leader and how they like gave me like talks just about like, life in general or like right. the politics of an office that I didn't understand. Like, you know, some people aren't going to like you because of this. And I was like, everyone should like me. I'm a nice person, you know, but they would like, I don't know. They would just kind of like help me through those experiences because again, everything's personal when you're young. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause like, you know, a lot of men are intimidated by uh strong, independent, powerful women. Yeah. Right. I'm not, I find it to be a, uh, a big turn on. Um, my wife, for instance, um, I always say to her, like, I would love to see her like giving a presentation or, or whatever it might be in her job. Because like, for me, that's like very sexy. So like, I always viewed Susan Kalu as like this, like very, like, I don't use the word sexy because like, no, she is. is. Um, but my wife is the sexiest like i don't i don't want to like yeah. okay all right i don't want to i don't want to use those words in comparison to the wife yeah you know what i'm saying but yeah. like you susan kayla even kim kim um what's her what's her main name she was kim dudick was it dudick yeah she was dudick i think it's big neil now yep so um let's tell a little story about her and if she sees this i don't i don't care um I, I thought that about her as well yeah. until I had an encounter with her. I know, but um, no, I'm not talking shit. It's, it's, this, is, this is, this is three great ladies. They're great. No, no, no. I, again, it, 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 I'll tell the story. This is how I feel, how I feel. Okay. Um, there was a time where I, I was a sales rep for the weekender and someone called in. I forget what the account was. They called in. They wanted information about what advertising, which I effectively gave over the phone. Basically made the sale over the phone. Like, yes, we want to do that. I'm thinking to myself, that's that's an effective way to do business, right? This this is an effective way to be a salesperson. You're you're, uh, precise. You tell the people what they want to hear. Not hear, but like they ask questions. You get the answers. This is what it costs. This is this, this, whatever. 
And I, I, I know the sales rep, I'm not going to say the name, but they had been talking previously. Yeah. Yep. And because they had been talking previously, that was automatically her account. There yeah. was no sale made. There was no nothing. So I, again, I've been the salesperson. I've been the manager. I, I've, I've seen both sides of the coin. So this is why I feel very free to talk about this. I know how it works. So Kim said it was, it was her, it was her deal. I said, well, that's really not fair. I made the sale. Mm-hmm. She, she said that it, I couldn't do that over the phone. And I had said that, you know, it's, I, I used the word snake. I was like, so I said like, oh, you know, so it's okay for her to just snake that account from under me or whatever it was. And Kim got really like, like defensive, like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't, you can't be saying that you can't be calling people snakes and doing this. I'm like, well, first of all, I didn't call her a snake. I'm just saying like, it's an act of, of what happened. <laughs> and um, that sales rep was there for less time than I was. She was not there for much longer after that moment, that incident. And I think she was let go or forced to move on because she was not uh, an upstanding employee. So I, 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 I get upset because I'm a lifer, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the intern turned, you know, sales guy turned, you know, ad director or whatever it was. I'm here for the long haul, dude. Like I'm on your team. Like I'm, 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 I want to bring money into the the company. Like I'm a team player. Like I want right. to, in my mind, it's not just weekender. It's like, cause the weekender is owned by times leader. So it's bringing in, it's, and, right. and my, it was my life with the, uh, with Tom Shamrock. I worked in radio and billboards. It was not a, like as much as it was like, uh, segmented like print and radio. And in my mind, it's like, I have a job to do. I go out I make sales. It brings the money into the collective pot. Right. So that moment happened with Kim and I was very turned off on that moment. And I held that. I, I, I tend to hold grudges. If you didn't know, I, I know. <laughs> uh, and I ran into her and her, New, I think, new husband at a beer fest. Yeah, beer fest. I had been drinking, and I, you know, we ran into each other. She's very nice to me, and you know, whatever. And I, I decided that this was a good time to oh, God. God. let her know God. my displeasure with how she handled that incident <laughs> from a hundred years ago. <laughs> it was like five for the time, whatever. Which is. I but I felt like that was a time to let her know. Um, not the best time. Um, nothing that I said was uh, anything that I wouldn't have said sober. Um, as much like what I just told you. Yeah. And I think she actually like, cause I was like, yeah, where is she now? How long does she stick around for? And she was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Whatever. Um, and I had mentioned to her, I'm like, you know, I thought you were this like, you know, this like figure and blah, blah. And her husband was like, well, she still is. <laughs> dude, dude, absolutely. You're right. hundred yeah. percent. And you know what? I'm so happy for both of you. Like I'm like, I'm not the kind of guy, like I, it was not my goal to belittle her or take anything away from her. So if she's watching this or listening to it, 
Ken, like I, I, I respect you and I apologize for how, um, you know, what I said was presented to you. I still, I still think what I, what I, what happened was, you know, incorrect, like how it was handled, but, um, what I, what I, how I presented it was, was wrong also. Um, but I have no, and I actually, I messaged her the next day on Facebook messenger. And I said exactly that. I said, Hey, you know, sorry for my presentation of, of said event. Um, you know, while I agree, I, I, I know what I said and I, I, you know, I feel what I said was right. Um, not the time or place for that behavior. So I think she deleted me off Facebook after that. <laughs> I see. Okay. This is the thing that this is what I'm talking about. Like when you're management, like, and again, you're working so hard and you're trying to like represent your team and you're passionate about it. Like sometimes you make mistakes and sometimes you say something and maybe it's not the right thing to say, you know, maybe that wasn't the right thing to say to you, you know, in, in that way. Yeah. But I don't think, you know, Kim, just knowing Kim, um, I don't think that she was like thinking like John Pop was a jerk, you know, like that, that probably didn't even occur to her. It was just like that moment in time. So I think sometimes like, I mean, you definitely hold grudges, like more than, more than I hold grudges, but like, I try to like, look at moment, I'm not saying that I love everybody. Like there are people that I don't like in my life, but I try to look at just like situations and be like, this was situational. And then this probably wasn't even personal. This was situational. So like, I feel like the only way to happiness is not to take everything so personally. So, because then you feel like everything's happening to you. Right. No. And, and I would agree with that other, uh, if the other part that I forgot to mention um, she said something and I, and I said something back and, and she said, Oh, there you are. There, there's John Popko. Like, in, like, 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 like kind of like saying that I had this anger problem. She's like, Oh, there's, there's the angry guy. We, we got him out. We got him in. Come on, everyone look, come look. Like we got him out. So it's like, yeah. But again, it was the, you know, that, that time frame too was the time frame we mentioned where we're, you know, ad dollars were scarce and we were fighting for everything we had. Yeah. Um, again, like I, like I look back on this now and I laugh about it. Um, it's something that happened. It's, it's, and I'm, you know, I've been in management. So it's like, when I, when I look at these things, I say, you have to look at the big picture too. It's like, yeah, I understand fighting for your team, but we're a, we're on the same team essentially. And B, you have to really look at all the facets. Like, Yep. Okay, this guy's been here this long. He 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 like eats, sleeps, breathes this product. Like, yeah. And you have this this fly by night person, and we're gonna we're gonna back them over the guy who's been there like time and time again. What that person said to Kim too. You know what I mean? I'm not defending. I don't. No, no, no I'm not asking you to. I'm not asking you to. Yeah, much. I wasn't there, but it's and again, and people, but and people also make mistakes. People say dumb things when, I, and I'm not saying Kim made a mistake. Maybe she's just like, no, I meant it. I think John was a jerk. I don't know. I don't know. Fine. My life, my <laughs> life did not. Uh... But I just, as I said, like, I, I agree with you. Like I, I, I'm, I lead with empathy. So I'm always trying to like look at all angles, but you know, uh, things are situational. And sometimes yeah. as it, just as I told you before, I look back and I'm like, nah, I would have done that differently. So I think we've all had those moments. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's definitely, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, not, I'm I don't want anyone to think that I'm sitting here thinking I'm a perfect leader or manager or employee or anything like that. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I mean, my early years of, of the weekend were uh, questionable. 
Well, yeah. And like, I've been in situations like where people get heated and people have yelled at me and like said things, not even managers, just other, and I'm not even saying the weekend or just in any job. And, um, and I'm like, okay, this is crazy. This is not how I would do this. But, but afterwards, like, I'm like, you know what, they were emotional about it, whatever. And I don't try to make excuses for them, but like, I just don't let it own any part of my life. Right. I'm just kind of like, well, they flipped out. They flip out easily. I don't, that sucks. I'm glad I don't flip out so easily on people. It must be frustrating when you go to from zero to 10 so quickly, you know, I'm like, that kind of stinks. And then I move on with my day, but yeah, they had me in, in uh, the job I had before this, somebody just a lot, you know, things happen out of frustration, whether it's with the job, with people, with the life in general, like it could be home. It could be friends. It could be whatever. And they just like lost their shit like yeah and said some things about me and my character that like are untrue um and he walked away and i said to my my gm it happened in front of my gm and i said you know what just what we said here like i'm like things happen i said but you know what like i said i'm not gonna go talk to hr or anything like that but like that kind of behavior Mm-hmm. So it can't happen. Like it was, it was like nuts. Like, okay. and I said, and I was like, dude, I'm like, I'm the last guy to like be like, Oh yeah, go, go tell on somebody. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they had a bad day. Right. Right. But I said that, that, that behavior can't ever happen again right. because yeah. at that point it's not okay. Yeah. And like, we're friends now. Like, yeah. like it's weird. It's funny how that happens, but yeah. Yeah. People sometimes just, just lose it. But like, I, you know, again, I try to always be like, okay, maybe they just handle stress way differently than I handle stress. And I think especially with work, like, like I love what I do. I, I bank is a great company and, you know, and I feel lucky to be there, but like, I will not let myself get like hysterical about things or mad. Like it's just, there's not like, there's so many things in life to get hysterical about. There's so many bad things going on in the world that you have no control over that you could get really stressed out about. Like, you know, somebody not, you know, I don't know, creating the digital ad that you want to create at the time you want, like, there's just always a solution. There's always a way to work around that. So like, I'm just not, and maybe that's to a fault. Like I've been told, not a banco, but just, you know, I remember at the paper too, like, you need to be like more fired up. Like you need to be more hot headed. I'm like, I'm just not, I'm a pretty like, I don't know, collect calm person. Like I'm, I don't get like hysterical really easily. So not about work because I feel like everybody's intentions are good. I feel like everybody's just trying to like make a living and do the right thing. And yeah, do people act incorrectly and people lose their crap and throw other people under the bus. But why should I get hysterical over that? Like (laughs) they operate that way. And it's, it's looked at as being unfavorable. Why do I want to be unfavorable too? It's just not, I don't know. I just think it's very unnecessary in the workplace. Yeah, you're right. Like there's, as I said, I watch a lot of documentaries. There are things I'm screaming at the television about or crying afterwards. I'm like, I can't believe the world is so messed up. Or like, that's the stuff that we're like, all right, what, what do I need to do about it? And, and you can act upon it. But like, you know, things that happen at work, like not that you're not passionate about it. You don't get animated or, you know, you know, you might get upset about things, but to like lose your cool at work is not okay in my book. It's just yeah. never is. Um, you watch a lot of documentaries. Are, are you familiar? I'm sure you are, but um, <clears throat> phthalates. What is it? Phthalates, like in plastics and our food and all that kind of stuff. Oh, oh, oh God! Don't I don't, even... want, I don't want to get into it. But like, I just oh. I listened to a podcast the other day, and like people were at work the day prior to that podcast release, 
uh, we're talking about plastics and like tires and the like, dust from tires and like it's in our bodies and all this kind of shit. And I'm like, this is like the world's crazy. What? Go watch the documentary, See Spiracy. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I, well, I haven't seen it. I saw it uh, available. Oh, oh watch it. Because it starts off talking about like just like plastics and you're like, all right, this, this is terrible, but I know that straws are bad and blah, blah, blah. But then it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper about the entire ecosystem and like how we're destroying it. So at, and then there was a, the, a scene like Damien was doing something on his phone. He wasn't even paying attention. I'm watching it and I am like, like ugly crying, like hysterically crying because there's this whole thing with whales. And Damien's like, why do you do this to yourself? Why are you watching? I'm like, because I need to know. I'm like, it's important to know that these things are going on in the world. And I'm like, and I try to adjust my lifestyle based off it. Like I haven't even fished since that documentary. Like I'm a vegetarian, but I used to at least eat salmon once in a while. Won't touch, won't touch any of it. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> It's scary because I don't, I mean, it can't just change overnight and it's going to take drastic changes and it it won't, it won't, it won't change because there's too much money involved. Too much money. And there's too many people who are like, well, this is for me for right now. And so if you always have that philosophy, it's like people who litter. Well, I don't need this anymore. And I don't give a crap what happens to it. I'm going to throw it out my window. Like that type of mental, like people who don't take their shopping carts back, where they just throw it in the parking lot. Like that type of mentality is what sets the world on fire. It's like, well, this is what's good for me. And that's all that matters. Like there's, there's, you know, how many millions of people living on this earth? Like, it's just not about you. So I don't know. And I'm not saying I'm like, Oh yeah. I don't have any plastic in my house. Like I, I do my very best. Yeah. But you, it's like, it's almost impossible. And that's the problem is that plastic. Again, like, you know, when plastic was like Tupperware and all that stuff, it was, you know, created to last forever, which was the greatest thing because it mm-hmm. will last forever. But you know what's terrible about it? It lasts forever. Right. <laughs> it just, you can't break the but stuff were, down. But they were saying even like the coatings on like jackets that make them yeah. Um, yeah. like rain repellent or whatever, yep. that shit. Like yep. I've been wearing, I've been wearing... Remember when these were, were cool and uh, Liv, like Livestrong and Lance Armstrong yep. had these bracelets? Like, So I've been wearing this bracelet. This is in honor of my buddy Chris Abbott's father, who was a, like a second father to me. Mm-hmm. I have been wearing this uh, in remembrance and in honor of him since 2000. He died in 04. I feel like I got it shortly after he passed away or a year later in 05. Either way, that's a long time. Yeah. He died of ALS, uh, and uh, it says never give up. So this this band used to be the red of this microphone, this oh microphone right here. Yeah, and I'm thinking so. This is like rubber. Like how how much? Yeah, <laughs> this is this is one day probably going to just become part of my skin at this point. But mm-hmm. man, it's just crazy. It's 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 all over the place. Yeah, sure. You can't yeah. avoid it. It's well, there's stuff they spray on your furniture. You know what I mean? So it's like more stain resistant or whatever. Like it's bad for you, but it's, it's beyond that. Like even like I had a friend, I was talking about like changing all my products and making sure that's, and he's like, okay, yeah. But like, are you, do you have a filtration system for all of your water? And at the time I was like on city water. He's like, all it's just everything. It's the air you breathe. It's everywhere. So to me, I get like, that's the stuff that I get very overwhelmed because I'm like, I don't know what to do to change it. So I just try to make little lifestyle changes for myself and I don't preach about it to everyone else. And I don't, I just do my own, you know, I'm like if I can make a little bit of a difference or leave a little bit less of a footprint, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. It just, it's, it's a lot. It's, and it's like it's stuff like 
you can like consciously make efforts to like, okay, well, I'm going to buy, you know, hair products that don't have X, Y, Z in it, or I have like, but they're in plastic bottles and like, I know it's just, it's plastic everywhere and we can't get away from it. And on top of it, a lot of the ingredients in the products or like how they're made, because I'm trying to like, I'm trying to buy products that aren't tested on animals. Cause I'm like, I'm doing, and that's been around forever. Right. But I'm like, why are we still shoving shampoo in bunny's eyes? Like, why is that still a way to test if shampoo causes your eyes to water? Like there, you know what I mean? And like, there's a lot of companies getting away from it, but there are still a lot of companies who don't. So it's terrifying to me. Yeah. And archaic. Well, the thing I was listening to was just like, you know, if a, if a baby is born prematurely and they have all these tubes that are going into them to help keep them alive, mm-hmm. those are all plastic tubes. So yep. the phthalates get into their bodies that way. So they start life. Yep. Like yep. with those, it's just crazy. And what do you do? Yeah. And it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. But like, Somebody once told me, because these these are the things that keep me up at night and give me anxiety and I have nightmares every night. They're like, you need to realize that like your shoulders aren't that broad. Like you can't carry all of the world's problems on your shoulder. Make your like pick some things and make little lifestyle changes, and that's that's what you can do. But like you can't take it all on. Yeah. Well, Rachel, we we kind of got uh scary there. So before <laughs> we leave, before we leave, it's getting late and I want to keep it too yeah. late. A uh, favorite weekender moment. Oh, come on. You had to know I was going to ask that. I didn't think I didn't prepare that. Um, Jesus. What did you prepare? Nothing. I just I didn't ask. Did you really think I'm the type of person to like I, write a bunch of notes? Christy Greer, Zerudi. Yeah. Had a whole PowerPoint. <laughs> exactly. Cause that's it. That is Christy. <laughs> I remember she talked to me about it, about stuff that she was going to address. But um, favorite weekender moment. I have a lot of favorite weekender moments. Um, you know, I do love the times. And I know everyone's like, ah, reader's choice. But, like, I loved, like, going to my place and, like, opening a bottle of wine and, like, counting ballots and stuff. I thought, I thought that was really fun. I really, really liked um, – uh, bands like original bands cd release parties and i'll tell you why because it wasn't just about the party which was always fun but like the bands worked really really hard on those cds and they were writing original music and they were proud of it and for us to like get behind it and support it in a big way like those were fun events those were special events i I thought you know i I really really love them because i was proud of the local music in our area and um I just, I liked supporting it and being a part of that. So, so those are some good moments. Um, Model of the year parties, I would like to say were my favorite moments, but somehow they always ended. <laughs> not. <laughs> they always started off with really good intentions, you know, like blowing up balloons. And like, I loved going to the wood. That was fun. Cause like, I'm, you know, again, I'm an, I'm an excitable person. Like I get like giddy excited. Like I feel, I'll feel drunk just from being like excited without even drinking. And uh, I get that from my mother, but I loved going to the woodlands in the middle of the day. And like, were you with me when we were like, this was before we got like tanks to, you know, the smart thing to do is like buy a tank or use the woodlands tank and blow up the balloons there. Not but really. there were times where we would go and pick up the balloons and party city popping. Yeah. And they'd be popping yeah. in the car and stuff, but it was just that like, just that whole day was fun. The anticipation of it was, was a lot of fun. 
And um, again, something always crazy happened at the event or it always ended like not the way you want it to end. Someone got drunk and yeah. Something stupid happened. Yeah. But like, I like the anticipation of that. I always thought that was really fun. And um, again, the Gennetti's pull, I brought it up for a reason. That that was a great night. That was fun. Although I don't remember getting into an argument with someone. So you can refresh me later, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't it didn't escalate too too much, but it was definitely. I don't yeah. Wow. Maybe because uh, I don't hold grudges. <laughs> I, you know, you say hold grudges. I just I just don't forget. I just don't forget. I like call the grudge. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I have so many grudges. I have my memory. I have such a, such a good memory. But I also have like the in-office stuff, like the blue football thing. Like people are going to be like, God, why do they keep talking about this damn plastic football? But it was a funny, again, because there was, um, those are things you couldn't do now. And um, I also liked, I liked the phone incident and um, God, I just dumb stuff. I remember like being in my office and like, <laughs> it's so inappropriate. But like, remember Steve Houston could make it, like he could extend his stomach really far. And you remember him doing yes. that? Yeah. So I'd be like, Steve, extend your stomach. <laughs> he would come to my office and he would stand at the doorway. I couldn't even right. see him and he would like, blow, but I could just see his stomach. And like, that was funny. So it, it's those little things um, that are like Janelle with the house fires instead of home fries. Oh, Janelle. All the mistakes that like, you know, and it was no one's fault. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's somebody's fault, but like you're, you're working. I mean, God, you're burning the midnight oil and you're working hard and stuff. So there'd be these little typos, but then at the time we're like, Oh my God, this is crazy. But it was hilarious. Like that guy called Janelle and was like, uh, should I call like the fire marshals to my business? And she's like, what are you talking about? Said so, like home of the best home or best home fires or something. Yeah. Land, I mean, <laughs> land of the best home fires. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be one thing if it was just like this weird, like if you had a typo that didn't make any sense. But like Janelle had like the best home fires. Like, like surprise. He just started serving breakfast there. Well, there's that, but like, you know, the most devastating thing for anybody yeah. in their life is a fucking house fire. And this asshole, because of Janelle, is promoting that he has the best house fires. <laughs> like, only Janelle. Like that's that's the thing. Like it, again, it's not like um, they spelled the word brewery wrong. Like that doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares, right? Yeah. But in this yeah. in this case, it was best home front fires. And there was yeah. another thing with her too. I forget what it was, but yeah. I but mean, like that guy was a good sport, Jay. It was Jay Callie. Like he was yeah. funny about it and stuff. Like you know, other people would call and be like really upset if there was a mistake. But and then we're like, all right, we'll double the size of your ad next week. <laughs> Wait, yeah. But, those small office moments were were really great moments. Um, I'd like to say parade days, but no, parade days weren't. Those were, those were brutal. They were long and they always ended very poorly. Yep. Except, except, was it two thousand? It was two thousand six. I think Tiffany brought it up where we double booked parade day in I think Scranton, and then we had a promotion at the uh, karaoke night at. I think it wasn't River Grill at the time, but it was the waterfront. Remember that? God, yes. 
There's yeah. me, you, TJ. I think Mike is probably obviously there. Uh, TJ knocked his, me off a stool. Huh? TJ knocked me off a stool. Right. TJ knocked you off a stool. I almost got a fight with a guy because I was dancing with his girl. Someone threw ice. He was throwing ice at me. <laughs> No, so nice at me. I was like, I'm like, yeah, because you had your weekend or teacher. I'm gonna have a good time with this girl. Like, I was, and I was my own business, like hanging out. This girl came over and she started dancing around. I'm like, whatever. I'm not like, I'm just having a good time. I don't know if she's your girl, dude. Like, if she is, like, I mean, stop throwing ice. Like, talk to her. The there fuck? are a couple times that I remember you on stage, just owning the mic having any conversation you wanted to have. And I would just cut like walk up the state and just grab. You off the stage. Yeah, they were, they were probably fireable moments. <laughs> Thank you for not doing that. Crazy stuff on the mic. And I'm like, this guy's got potential. Oh. Just, just, just get him off the mic. He's got potential. This guy's. I remember I would be like doing my thing, you know, whatever, socializing, talking to people, shaking hands. And I could hear you on the mic. I'd be like, Damn it, hang on. <laughs> I would walk up and I would just grab you off. I'm like, you're done. Get off. My, Get off. my, my personal cane for the stage. <laughs> a number of times. That, again, fireable moments <laughs> in a normal life. Uh, so thank you again for not doing that. I remember there was the time at, at Tanks, and there's a picture. I don't know if it's available, it's, it's probably online somewhere, but there was a picture of me looking at tim farley from panacea yeah tim but like i think i was saying something <laughs> half inappropriate and he's looking at me and i'm like yeah i said it <laughs> i'm the, the, I, those were fun days too any any time with panacea and Polly, any time with Polly was a good time so the tiffany i don't think she talked about it in her interview with the, with the mini motorcycles no. <laughs> remember it was the voodoo lounge and then it became like club it was numbers 66 the owned it the partash it was club or exit no partash owned it for a bit club 77 or something yeah club uh, something uh, something like that so again any promotion with the partashes were fun too like i, I like those guys they were they were fun but like we had some type of event there and Tiffany was there and um, I don't know who the hell showed up with these mini motorcycles. And Tiffany's like, I'm doing it. I'm riding the motorcycle. I'm like, you're not riding. Well, like you can't ride motorcycles inside of a nightclub. Like you're not doing that. <laughs> and I remember standing, talking to like Joe's student. You can't do this. Yeah. And I was like, Tiffany's like, just let it go. You're not doing it. So I'm having a conversation and I remember I turned <laughs> I saw her on the back of a universe, <laughs> just her hair like flowing in the wind going by. And I was like, this, we are getting in trouble for this. Like, this is not okay. <laughs> oh my God. I, oh, I, can't, that's amazing. I don't think she knew either. I don't know who had the bikes. I don't know why there were many motorcycles in this club, but she found her way to the back of it. That's amazing. Who passed me? That's amazing. Yeah. That was a fun. Oh one. man. <laughs> yeah. and I don't know why we were even there. I don't remember what was going on, but there's too many stories to tell. There's it, it, there's there's a there's a guy that I still see to this day. He he sold me, I think, two cars. He sold my wife a car years ago. That <clears throat> and I still I saw him like last week. 
And this is probably going back to 2005 or 2006. And I was with Tiffany. I was with, with, with that group. And as, as innocent as they seemed, like I got in a lot of trouble with them. Yeah, They would oh, take me to like places that I, I didn't even hear. I'd never heard about. Let's go to exit six. Let's go to this guy's party. <laughs> so we were at this guy's house. We were at this guy's house. Um, I had just met him. Now, from the story he tells me is very out of character from what he says for me. Um, then again, I was not sober. Um, so I guess that kind of all goes out the window, but even like drunk John, like I'm like, that doesn't sound like something I would do. (laughs) I know, I know me drunk and I know me sober. Like I, but so I saw him and he was mad at me for years. And he finally told me, I'm like, dude, I'm like, dude like, what, what's, 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 the, what's the deal? And he's like, well, you were at my party once. And I don't know if he said I was, I guess he said I was spitting on his floor. No, no that doesn't sound like you. Right? No, that doesn't. That it doesn't. Thank you. No. I, I did some silly shit when I was drunk. Yeah, but like, but you're not like. Straight, disrespectful. Like, like uh, no, no. But I mean. I said sorry multiple times over and over. I'm like, dude, I'm like, dude, I, I, it doesn't sound like something I would do, but like, I'm really sorry. Like, I, I, I feel terrible, like, that I would ever do that to Can't someone I just met. Doing I know, I know. It's just weird. It's just weird. But um, again, I, I just saw him last week. It's, it's, it's just funny how, like, these relationships that I, you know, started in 05 have carried yeah. on 16 yeah. years later. You know what? Um, event I like to, even though it got crazy, but like, I'm, I, I it's cool to say that we, we went to CBGB's like, that was cool. That promo was awesome. You know, where people were winning seats on the bus yeah. and everything and like, and it shut down after that. Mm-hmm. Spit can played it. So yep. that's, I think again, those, those experiences where it's like, Oh wow. Like I did that. I was part of that, you know? And at the time, you didn't think it was that big of a deal. But looking back, I'm like, it was cool to say that I was at CBGB's. Like, I, again, I watched documentaries about the place. I'm like, oh, I was there. I would never would have been there if it wasn't for that. that no, trip. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. So, yeah. Are, I know you mentioned some of them on some of your interviews, but like, what are some highlights? For me? Yeah. Oh, well, definitely those trips. I mean, the one panacea trip was off the charts. I can't even tell it on air, but um, it just, and I wish I could, I wish there was a way to capture all those moments on video and put them into like a montage, yeah. like, yeah. like set to music because like, yeah, like no one, no one, like if anyone's even listening this far into this, like no one gives a shit. Like we do, we were, we were there, we were part of it. Like, you know, if Polly hears it, yeah, he'll be like, be able to like, you know, smile about it. And, um, but I mean, there was moments like, you know, when Panacea spray painted, uh, on the, uh, the cover of the weekender, cause they were mad at, nice. but, like, but we had, we had such like, and like people would, if, if their ad was wrong or like there was a misspelling, like you mentioned before, like people would lose their fucking minds. And it's because it was such a powerful product. Like it was so influential. And at the time you were like, oh, you were so mad about it. But now you're like, it meant something. to people. Yeah. I will never forget though. And I don't know who started it. And I, I think I might know, but they had the website and I'm glad it's 
being brought up now with you, but it was called the Weekender. Dot com. Oh, yeah, instead of the weekend or W E E K, it was W E A K. Bad stories from that. Yeah. What this person would do, and I think I know who it was, and you might know for sure, but um, and that person may have actually reached out to me like two weeks ago, like unknowing it was me they were talking to. Um, but they would try and like go page by page through the weekender and just find any error they could. Yep. Or nitpick anything they could. I, I remember me personally, like there was an ad that I had, uh, I think it was for a music store and it was for uh, a set of drums and the drums, the brand was, I think it was drum, but it was spelled D D R U M. Yeah. That was the name of the brand. Yep. So this motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh, whoever, you know, proofs the ad for this, this, you know, account, they came and spelled drum right. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. That's a goddamn name of a brand. Who the fuck do you think you are? I remember this. I remember. But it was like, it, it, and it would rile yeah. every single one of Like, I don't know why we let it get to us. Cause like, oh, I know why. Cause we were so proud of what we did and, and the time that we put into it. And there's this jerk off who's like, just yeah. like being a jerk off and, and going through it and just kind of like trying to you know, but, nitpick I- stuff. Well, right. And you're like, who the hell has the time to right. take in a popular, you know, Losers. widely read publication and go through and point out everything that's wrong about it? If anything, all you're doing is driving more traffic to our publication. But like, right. I went to Rich Connor about that because they came up with that. But that guy took very personal digs about me mm-hmm. and the guy I was dating at the time. He started writing about him. And I was like, this is like harassment. Like, this was crazy. And then they started that blog. There was that whole NEPA blog and they were bashing people in the media. And I remember talking to Rich about it and Rich is like, you have to expect, he's like, listen, I've stopped paying attention to what people write about me. And he's like, if you are putting yourself out there and you're like creating a recognizable name and like people know who you are, you have to expect people to to bash you. You're going to have some people that they just want to see you fall. So he's like, you need to accept that. And I was like, all right. And it was hard to do. It was really hard to do because there were, it was like personal. It was really personal, but sure. that guy came to an event. I think it was for women who rock. Women who rock was cool too. I like those events for domestic violence, like right to raise money and awareness for that. The, the, those bands are amazing, but I think he was at one of those events or something. And my father was there. And I remember I was like, that's the guy. <laughs> I was like saying something. My dad went up and said something too. I was like a grown woman at that point. And he went and he said something. I don't even know what he said, but I, I remember watching him go over and say something to the table. I'm like, I don't really, I don't remember anything being written about me after that. I, I don't know. But I mean, that he was start, that guy was starting to hit below the belt though. Like he was starting to like play dirty. He was saying some like gross things about me in that publication. Yeah. So, and like, at the time I had met him before I knew he was the one doing that. And so then he used that against me too. Like what an idiot I am. Like I was, I was being nice to, I said hi to him and I was being nice to stuff. He was in a band and I was like, I didn't know. And he thought that that was hilarious that like I was being polite and little did he know he was the one bashing me. I'm like, Oh, you win. (laughs) Sucks. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad to see you're, that you're doing this. I know everybody has said that. I'm glad to see you're happy. You know, I love Amanda and um, Lincoln. I'd like to meet. I'm like, I only see him through pictures, but you're beautiful. 
son. And yeah, he's awesome. So he it's just, you're, you're right. It's nice to see, like in all the interviews I saw um, you conduct, everyone seems like they're in a really good place. It makes me happy. Yeah. Well, this is fun. Yeah, this was fun. Well, there's, there's, I know there's things we can't talk about. Stories that must go uh, I thought to, about. To, the, to the casket. Yep. I thought there's so many times I was like, oh, that story's crazy. I'm like, you know, like I'm friends with my pastor on Facebook. <laughs> like maybe, no, you know, not that. And again, it's not like we did anything that was like jail worthy. It's nothing like that. But it's just like sometimes the youth, you know, things you've done in your youth and you should just stay there. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff it's stuff that was cool back then. It's like, and I mean, there's there's many stories of, of yeah. things that I, I'll I'll tell in private. But I would yeah. never I would never want it uh, recorded. No, none of us did. And they're proud moments too. There's there's stuff that I'm yeah. like, I did that. It was awesome. I was young. I was stupid. It was an idiot. Yep, me too. Uh, but, I didn't hurt anybody. It was not yeah. Bad. It was just like dumb. Where I was like, I don't want people to think I'm a, I was a train wreck or anything. But it was. Um, Again, we grew up there, so those stories yeah. are. I'm glad we have them. I am too, and hopefully they can be captured in this this podcast and forever be remembered when people want to revisit them. But yeah, absolutely. Thank you for for always, um, you know, being a, a great boss and a mentor and a leader. And Mooch, you better get over here. This is the only podcast that you'd probably be welcome on. <laughs> come on, come on. You're, you're ruining yeah. my, uh, my, my uh, praise for Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> only, only a cat could ruin the oh, praise she- for Rachel. She'd be okay with that. But no, I mean, seriously, I, I mean, there was times that you probably could have fired me. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, normal, normal job, I probably would have been fired. Yeah, well, different um, times. Different times. And it was a different company, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was one of the luxuries, I think, of working for an alternative publication. But I mean, everyone that worked for you loved you, and um, thanks. I think I was able to like bridge some gaps um, with some people through this these conversations with you know past employees. Yeah, which has been good. Uh, Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. As I said, I you know I genuinely care about every single associate who worked at the weekender. Like I, I really did. Like, I don't, I don't say that lightly. And uh, to, for me, like just watching your podcast and seeing where everyone is, I was like, God, I'm just, I'm just so glad everyone's in a really good place. Everyone looks happy. They look great. They're doing well. And, um, you know, and even like people who before you, you know, work there, like everyone I talked to, like my friend Shelby, she's living out in Colorado and doing great. And it's just, I don't know. And, and they all, they all have these similar crazy stories of growing up the weekend where they're like, wow, I can't believe, I got paid to do that. I can't believe like I did a lot of stupid stuff and like, and here I am now, but I don't know, maybe we all became better people because of it. I think so. And I, I extended the offer to her. I hope she, I hope she does this. Cause I, I don't even know her other than her name. Awesome. You. Awesome. I think we were, we were somewhere. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember if it was Wilkes-Barre or if it was, like, it was somewhere else, but like, she was just there. Cause she was home with you. Yeah. Um, but her and um, you know, Megan Rollins. Yeah. Um, who else? They're just people that I, that I didn't have the pleasure to work with directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I, I do this, 
I keep saying it's, it's a selfish reason. I, I want to do it because uh, I want to learn more about people and um, you know what what they thought about things and where they are today. If people listen, that's that's awesome too. But <clears throat> um, well, Shelby on, she's also not allowed to tell. She's not allowed to tell a lot of stories because um, she was my like other half at the weekend, <laughs> and those were those were crazy times. It was like Vicky yeah. and Shelby, yeah. So, Joe student. Yeah, those are those are fun days. But cool. Well, hey, uh it looks like you are in better shape than me as far as uh, I'm I'm very tired. I'm I need, tired to, I need to go. One o'clock. Eleven o'clock. Almost. God damn. Damn. Well, well, this is fun. Thanks for inviting me, John. I appreciate it. Well, go cuddle your cats. I am. Tell so tell Damien I said hello. I, I have I met him. I don't, I don't know. Did you ever go call in a store or anything? No. He was an advertiser. Well, real quick, you and I went to call on him when he first opened on Pierce Street. You said that. I don't yeah. remember going there. Yes. He opened on Pierce Street. I yeah. don't remember what year it was. It had to have been, I want to say 2008, maybe seven. It was early in my sales career. Yeah. Um, but that cheap son of a bitch would not buy an app. <laughs> I don't remember. That. You know, what's funny is that like, I don't remember that. He doesn't remember that either. He I also, do. I do. He, he worked at club excess, Aaron, you know, and Damien would like switch off and on, like checking IDs and stuff at club excess. I, we were there all the time. I was there all the time. Never, never met him. And then I would call, I called on him when I was at refer local and he still has like voice recordings of me like, hi, my name is Rachel Pugh. I'm wondering if we can get together and discuss blah, blah, blah and stuff. But I was like, oh, we never met. I, d- I don't remember that, Pierce Street. Damien, that's kind of creepy. You still have voice recordings of her before you knew her as your wife? <laughs> Not on purpose. It's just that he had like that Google mm. phone or Google. I don't know what it was. That's it's so like, weird. Rachel Pugh's gone. I better record these. <laughs> better save these. <laughs> it's my future wife. She doesn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Damien, I'm kidding. I, I don't know you, but you seem to treat Rachel right. So Damien, he's unlucky to have him. Like he, good. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah, he balances me. Like we are. It's again, we're very opposite, but it's, it's such a good balance. Good. And uh, I'm, I feel very fortunate. Cool. Well, hopefully, I, I, I always say this. I, I say this. I feel like this is like my send off. I say, hopefully, I will see you sooner than later. Yes, I know. Well, hopefully we can do like a weekend reunion out somewhere. Yeah. People keep saying that. Like I, was, I was originally going to do it online, but like, yeah. hell with that. Maybe we need to go to Hops or yeah. River Grill or somewhere yeah. cool. It'd be, it'd, it'd be better than my high school reunion for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So, Rachel, thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks for And uh, I will see you soon. Okay. Have a good night. Awesome. We'll see you. Bye.